Now get ready for the time of your life, cause you are now watching Godcast. Everybody, welcome to Godcast, a show that regurgitates news like no other. I'm your host, Hydrowave99, and I'm joined here with my good friend and co-host, Fluff Alpaca. How are you today? I'm good. Um, I spent the entirety of yesterday dehydrated and looking for drinks, and now I have Powerade. Woo! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, that's fine. You know, power rates actually like I love. It's funny with like power rates and Gatorades. I always love those beverages. Like I enjoy like if you talk about Gatorade, I enjoy the lemon lime ones. Like and like the glacier freeze ones. Those are like my two favorites from Gatorade. And for power power rate, it's lemon lime and the Mountain Blast one. So essentially, lemon lime is like my overall favorite. <laughs> I I prefer Glacier Cherry or um, Glacier Freeze. Sometimes the Fruit Punch one works, too. Yeah, they're all pretty good, though, I would say. Mm-hmm. For sure. So, as everyone knows, we definitely... D we were not around last week. And to make up for it, we have another Giga episode. Oh, uh, yeah. Filled with lots of action. Yeah. It puts the, and long. Yeah. It it puts the Avengers Endgame to shame. It puts the Michael Bay Transformers to shame. It puts the entire trilogy of Harry Potter to shame. Even though that was like a bunch of books, I guess. I don't know. That's I don't like, like Harry books, Potter yeah. that much. It, so it's like a, uh, what is it called? Like a, a sevfecta. I guess so. A sepfecta. <laughs> that sounds like a disease. <laughs> that sounds like sepsis. Advanced. Anyway. Yeah. Hey, trust me. Our show can be more cancer than Twilight. Trust me. We we know. <laughs> no, nothing can beat. Uh, a wolf teenage relationship. <laughs> Actually, you bring up a good point. Yeah, I think maybe Twilight is more cancerous than our show. <laughs> but yeah, so, Alpaca, what have you been up to last week? I guess two weeks of this, really. Um, well, I've been um, dealing with family. And, uh, these kittens are getting really annoying. Um, anyways, but no, 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 um, I don't know. I've been, I've been mostly, uh, uh, just planning like what I'm going to do for Christmas and stuff like that with the family and, uh, 
Um, I don't know. I, I've been trying to get back into like guitar stuff, you know, but uh, other than that, it's I don't know. Um, it's been mostly just a a day, you know, um, a, a week. Um, but it's been kind of boring, honestly. Um, right. I know with guitar, the one thing you want to learn is this. You have to learn that in order to troll your friends. In fact, I don't even know if that even came off. <laughs> I I heard it. I heard the default dance. <laughs> Translated to guitar. Exactly, yeah. Uh, if I have my electric guitar out for that, which I have intimates galore, I could have made it more metal if I wanted, which would have been hilarious. Oh, yeah. Or I could have made that sounded like a freaking Green Day song if I wanted to. Anything but that. <laughs> Fortnite X Green Day event. You can now become all three of the members plus Jason Freeze. Or no, I think it's Jason White. I think that I think Jason Freeze is one of the tour members. I don't know. Right. Damn, it's been a while. <laughs> I do know they did Ariana Grande in Fortnite already, so it's not like it's out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> I imagine getting um getting sniped or no, imagine getting Victor Real as Billy Joe Armstrong. <laughs> He's like 40 years old. You just got your ass whooped by a 43-year-old who... I think he hates guns. I'm not too sure. <laughs> who, uh... Oh, yeah. Imagine getting your ass whooped by a fucking teenage Japanese idol girl. Because of baby metal. Yeah. Yeah. What would you do? Um... Uh, so I would, uh, call the police. Uh, anyways, uh, <laughs> uh, but, uh, I would, um, uh, uh, buy a high point and, uh, fly, fly away far, far away from Japan. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, you know, just like, uh, man, I don't know. What would I do if I was being hunted by a J-pop metal, like, a group of J-pop metal sort of, like, artists? One, I would also have to worry about the fan base, too. I just realized, holy shit, that's actually kind of scary. There's, It's not only just them that are fucking trying to bounty hunt me. I have an entire fucking, like, civilization scouring the globe for me. <laughs> like, no. It's like, also, what if they had Hatsune Miku 
in Fortnite, and you got killed by a vocal <laughs> I wonder what's worse. Um, Hatsune Miku or Baby Metal? <laughs> um, hmm, I don't know. Uh, I, I know about as much as Baby Metal as I do Hatsune Miku. I, I don't even know if 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 Hatsune Miku is like a real person like I, I I don't even understand the concept it's a vocaloid it's a software that so in other words wait it, it what what are you serious wow holy shit okay never mind then so never mind it's a vocaloid I, so it's it's a software that has it's a software based voice for the longest fucking time, I thought this was somebody who's like just like me, hiding behind like a, a character, and it was like a singer. I swear to God, I don't know what the fuck is wrong with me then, because I've never listened to any of that music. Oh my God, that is, that is eye opening. Yeah. So what? It Holy is, shit. Yeah. So Hatsune Miku is technically a software. That. Oh. Yeah. It's so you're talking about uh, Doki Doki Literature Club now. And uh, uh, yeah. but, now you're gonna fucking uh, commission somebody on Fiverr to do a mod of, uh, and instead of replace it with Hatsune Miku instead of Monica. I swear to fucking god. Yeah. So what it is? Uh, yeah. What vocal aids are is a software that happens. You could like type. Te it's kind of like a text to speech, but it like replaces the. It essentially, it's like it's a voice based software. And I see, yeah. Yeah, and you essentially can use it to make music and stuff like that. It's kind of like a more musical sense of kind of text-to-speech, in a way. So it's like Mellow Bites, but uh, generalized to one specific vocaloid. Kind of, yeah, there's like a specific voice. And on top of it, too, you could you could type in like what words the person's, the, the vocaloid says, and how you control the pitch and everything like that, too, so... I see. Okay. And yeah, and you and you can like do odd things. And Hatsune Miku, and usually these vocaloids are personified. So there's like a there's like an anime avatar that's associated with the vocaloid software. I see now. So, All if, right. you, well, so if you Google Hatsune Miku, you'll see yeah. her as like this blue hair ponytail. Yeah, anime. I, I know about that, but I didn't. I didn't know. I thought it was either like an anime, or I thought it was like mm. some artist from Japan. And I was like, no. Kinda, now that I know this, it uh, kind of is an artist too, because music is labeled as Hatsune Miku. And on top of it too, Sega also makes the rhythm games associated with with Hatsune Miku. What? Are, are you shitting me? No, there's actually like, music rhythm games. Oh, damn. Like, Hatsune Miku's actually pretty huge, and they actually have concerts with, like, Fuck's sake. holograms and shit for her. Like, I'm not even making up, making this shit up. Uh, no, I, I know, because <laughs> I've seen it before, but I didn't know it was just a, an AI program that makes music. Holy crap! <sighs> All right, <laughs> man, starting off with a banger, me discovering what Hatsune Miku is, and now gener generating fucking music out of it. I wonder if you can just take like a song and uh, have Hatsune Miku sing it, 
or generate something. I don't know. No, it doesn't work exactly like that. You would have to essentially manipulate the vocals and everything for that to work. You could technically make oh. a cover, but it's not like a mellow bites where you can just plug in the song. Yeah, or I see. Type, yeah, you have to kind of type in the words, and then you manipulate how it works. Okay. I know it's like a $200 software, too, if you wanted to buy it. I don't want to buy it at all. And I don't want to see a Steam gift on Christmas that just says, Welcome. Best wishes. Skullfucker69. <laughs> oh my god. What if I bought Hoxie Miku and I added clips of it? <laughs> I mean, manipulating it into Gawcast. What if I actually did that? Um. I don't know. What are you gonna put like a fucking gif of like during this episode? You're gonna put a fucking gif like floating around sometimes, and I'm gonna be watching it one day, and I'm gonna be like, that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, just talking about anime vocal. It's in Godcast. Uh, now I have to find like actual Hatsune Miku news for the show too. Now this is gonna be great. <laughs> no, you don't have to. This could be. This could be. This could be. Um. Oh, you know. This just can be a one-off. You know. It's not gonna be like a constant running joke. <laughs> And uh, we're definitely not going to rehash this next episode, and then it'll continue on for 20 more episodes. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to God, uh, the show that rehashes jokes for 10,000 years. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> also, um... You know, as for myself, you know, I've been busy with college and stuff like that, you know, just college and work and stuff. And, you know, just been playing a lot of Halo Infinite. And I know Alpaca has oh, been too. Yes. I have been too. I, I apologize. I haven't mentioned that at all. But, oh, yes. Halo Infinite. Can't wait to talk about that. Oh, yeah. We have play talk about that because it is a brilliant game, but... We have some flaws we have to mention about it, too, of course. Nothing is ever perfect. Yeah, there are plenty of flaws, but the best part is none of them are related to the actual gameplay. Or, like, they got the core gameplay and the fun of it down, and everything else was... Like, the, the one thing that a lot of companies that produce video games struggle with, they nailed it. And the stuff that's kind of easy, like, we'll talk about later is a little meh and if you've played it yourself these past weeks of course you'll know just how much you know you'll know what we're talking about if you've stuck with it you know oh, absolutely yeah you know it's gonna be great the time talking about that could we have a lot of news with that we have to talk about the whole gta trilogy thing because while i while last time we briefly talked about it more has come out about it that it just kind of made it seem like instead of like briefly covering it, we kind of have to cover the entire story about that. We really do have to. It's actually kind of hilarious. Yeah. Like, 
in a sense. Yeah. yeah. We also have to talk about what's going on the Xbox anniversary because some of the stuff that's coming out about that has been pretty cool. We also oh. have to talk about more Activision Blizzard because the saga keeps continuing for that one. Oh, it's a never-ending fucking rainfall on these bastards. I swear. Mm-hmm. And we have to talk about, you know, again, Halo Infinite. Probably the oh, best, shooter, yes. best shooter of the year, I think. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then we have to talk about a lot of tech stuff. We have a lot of tech stuff to talk about. In fact, one of what tech topics we have this week is actually an update from last, a pretty a decent update from last week. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so shall we get started with the news then? If we have nothing else to say? Oh, yes. Let's get right into it. All right. So the first thing we're going to talk about right away is the GTA trilogy because, my God, what a fucking shit show. <laughs> Oh my god, yes. The so, dev notes. Yeah. We have dev notes. We have a whole bunch of stuff. And yeah, let's get get right to the first article here. Oh, yes. So what yeah, so pretty much what happened is is that before this got pulled, you know, GTA trilogy launched and let's just say it was very buggy. Bugs galore, frame rate issues abundant. It was just a complete mess. Yep. In addition to this, too, as you're, you're seeing here, we have an article here mentioning that, you know, there was contained music that was no longer licensed, as well as uncompiled code with developer comments. Yeah. That's kind of fucked yeah. up. Yeah, um, they, uh, get some interesting dev notes, um. Oh, yeah, we have to scroll down, because we have to show this to the audience here, like. Yeah, and, um, oof, the, uh, where is it now? All of the unlicensed tracks, like, um, they only disable them. They're still in the game. As far as we know, because Rockstar, we're going to talk about later, so actually supposedly removed those files from the game and kind of cleaned it up a little bit. But I'm loading the, the full screen tweet now, so that way, you know, we can get the full screen of the music tracks here. Yep, that's by Ash R, right? Yes, correct. All right. And you can see here... All this music here. Once I get this full screen loaded, this will be amazing. I can actually show this to everybody. Here we go. It's starting to... It's slowly coming. Yes. Here we are. So, I mean, look at this. Look at this whole thing. Look at all these files. Like, that's pretty insane. <laughs> like, you can see that... He comments, Vice City is a very interesting choice. The stations have been split up at key points so allow tracks to be dropped in or out denoted by track number. For example, all of Flash FM is here except for track 3, Billy Jean. Yes, even running with the night. Oh yeah, I see. I see uh, Flash uh, underscore 3 of all, the, of all three like files are gone. Yeah. 
which is pretty interesting to see here that this sort of thing would happen. And in addition to this, if you scroll even further down, we have the fun dev notes here. And this article does a good job because it compiles three of the posts right here in front of us. Which is really nice. Let's go take a look at some of this stuff, shall we? So as soon as I get this loaded up, we'll see that. Oh, the one from Vadim? Yeah, there's three of them. Oh, what is this? These are dev comments that were left in the game. Well, yeah. what? what does this have to do with Grand Theft Auto? This is something out of Doom. It feels like it. Like, it's just like I'm looking at the first one here. This is what it says here. Sweet is injured and falls to floor. More flasks turn up. Huge vortex opens up and spews forth beasts from another dimension. I wonder if this has anything to do with, like, an Easter egg. You know how, like, uh, so in Grand Theft Auto V, um, if uh, Michael or Trevor, I think, is it Trevor? Yeah, I think if Michael and Trevor um, actually end up, um, if, if they end up uh, finding a marijuana dealer and they take a hit, they actually... Um, there's like an alien invasion sort of Easter egg, and it's all in their mind. Um, but it, you know, um, it's actually kind of uh, funny. I I, th I think this might, um, that might have been like an like an Easter egg they didn't throw in. That would be kind of interesting. Maybe who knows? And meanwhile, another one that they have here. I'm going to go spew it out, is this one here, which once I get this loaded, we should be good to go on this. Ron Island. Yeah, so this one here, so it loads up here, mentions, haha, Prawn Island was internally called Port Island, while Stack Pizza was Pizza Hut internally, pure joy. <laughs> oh my god, imagine they actually called it Port Island. All there was was just Pornhub videos everywhere. It's, uh, it, it's that, um, uh, there's like a, uh, like a, a show that I remember seeing on TV for a split second. It's basically, it's like, uh, you're, they're stuck on an island, and I think it's called Temptation Island, I think. I, I saw that for a split second. I was like, hmm. Oh, yes. What is this? This is, um, this is interesting. What is this? And then all of a sudden, it's it's basically just like they stick each other on the island with a bunch of other, um, with a bunch of other people of the opposite sex. And then they see if they get cheated on or not. <laughs> it's it's fucking stupid. Uh, imagine if if it was like this, <laughs> be fucking hilarious. Yeah, you can see. Look, look, look at the code here. It says Port Island, create pickup, bribe pickup on street slow, and then you go to the IP address like number there. And it says porn bribe one. 
down. Oh yeah, I know. On Prod Island, like, look what? <laughs> and even then, you look at this, and I know from the second line too, they spelt Washington wrong. Not to be a grammar. Washington. Oh yeah. <laughs> Washington. Unless that was but, actually intentional in the original game, but I have, I I feel like such a millennial and haven't actually played these games, so <laughs> Yeah. It's, it's funny. I'm the oldest one out of us, but I haven't played these games. I don't know if that makes me a, sh- a, a shameful dick or whatever, but yeah. Um anyways. No. It doesn't. It just means that you haven't experienced it. Exactly. Really. So, right. I mean, um, personally, I haven't played through the entire campaigns of either of these games. I've only uh, been the kid that sat down and watched their brothers play it, but I never actually played it. So, yeah. And the last of never these notes the that, he, that he has here is this one. And this is the one that I think is the most interesting comment of the whole bunch. This kind of gives a lot more insight into the entire situation here. This shit doesn't work the way they wrote it below, so we'll just show the text and place the blip at the beginning of the mission. And it says here, the key card to cells can be found upstairs in the station. <laughs> Look at this. So, um, I, I can only understand this as like, um, friendly banter. Um, but it does. What, what do you think about it? I mean, just look at this. It seems like there could have been some... This kind of conveys... I mean, there could have been some frustration in, from the developers of Rockstar Dundee because, you know, it feels like, you know, they were rushed. Yeah. Like, you can see, like, they... they this probably at first hit that they wanted to fix this thing to make sure it worked, but they're like, we have to cut corners here because we have to make sure we meet our deadlines. So, screw it. Mm. And unfortunately, uh, much as, you know, we want this game to be as best it can be, it's not going to be that until, like, a year or two from now. Someone like, what, Cyberpunk 27 is going through. Actually, well, speaking of Cyberpunk 27, this gem of a game. (laughs) What about it? (laughs) I mentioned Cyberpunk 27 because, well, that game is also going through a similar phase where it's getting passed to Oblivion. Oh, good. So. Goody, goody. So, yeah. this game's gonna go through a similar phase. Gonna get, this game's gonna get patched to freaking oblivion, and it's not gonna be good for like another year or two. I bet. Mm-hmm. In addition to all these developer comments here, before they pulled it off, pulled it down, we have to talk about some of these rain effects here. Like, look, go to the ne- next link I have. In chronological order from left to right, the second one. Look at this sure. raid. Like, what is this? 
Give me one second. At the second link that I have? Yep. This is the worst looking rain I've ever seen in a video game. And honestly- Damn, it's fucking pouring down buckets. They all, they look like glass shards or glass- uh, No, they look like icicles falling down from the sky. They really do, yeah. It's, yeah, it, it's like- Ugh. It, 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 and you can see that like, you look down below. You can see like how pixelated it looks too when it falls down the ground. <laughs> yeah. It, like, well, what is this? You're trying to make a PS2 game look like a freaking oh, SNES game. What is this? Why do they just turn into like squares when they hit the ground? <laughs> like seriously. You know, it's funny too that modders have actually been making more progress in fixing this game than actual take two and rockstar have been doing which is a shame to see but yeah i i think so too because i remember seeing like somebody uh took the uh uh ubisoft's dunia engine <laughs> or uh no the far cry 5 engine and they actually remade a portion of san andreas i think yeah like and it just kind of shows you know yeah Alternative, yeah, and then after that, after this whole thing, you could see that there's even more stuff, and yeah, and and as you can see here, oh and, yes, and the next article, this is all kind of like when they start pulling the game down, which I also have the next other article here as well, and it also included things that the hot coffee sex files were also reportedly uncovered too from the files. So they, wait, so they went, they recreated San Andreas from the original version. They didn't do the up, the, the final updated version. They, they, what? Yeah. Cause apparently here, look at the article. Not only did it contain unlicensed music, it contains full game scripts with developer notes, but it also contains the files to be related to the S. Andres sex minigame Hot Coffee. But How much worse is this gonna get? My god. <laughs> what did they. How the hell did, did they leave it in? That's the, the this was from th 20 years ago. They got a 20 million dollar lawsuit. How did they leave it in? <laughs> yeah, it's just like you look at this like this is the game that almost made that game adult only. <laughs> and it literally was when it was pulled from shelves and then they released a a a, a fixed version. It's not tw not 20, 20 years ago, like uh, uh, like sixteen years ago, but twenty million fucking dollars in legal costs, and they they fucking what? Yeah, this is during the whole time when GTA, you know, the definitive the trilogy was down, and as you can see here, I even had to mention that it's been unavailable for a while. And as Rockstar mentions in their in their Twitter post here, the Rockstar Games launcher is now online, but GTA the Trilogy Division, Division 
version is unavailable to play or purchase as removed files unintentionally included in these versions. We're sorry for the disruption and hope to have the correct ones up soon. Like, it gotten that bad that they had to remove the game off the store page on PC to try and pat this shit up. <laughs> I mean, like, God, it's just the sheer lack of effort that went into it, like, is baffling to me. That they, they didn't even remove the one thing that cost them $20 million years ago. <laughs> like, that cost them, like, I think fucking... Like, oh my god. You know? They, they got a fucking bunch of, like, like legal problems afterwards, and they, they were like, oh, we're, you know... Jesus Christ, you know? And they... they uh, everything from like the downgrade of what the upscaling did to the characters to CJ's fingers being the same length and six feet long I swear to god <laughs> like <laughs> it, how did they, they really should have just waited a long while before they like I know they they did it for the deadline of like um what is it? Um, I think they like. Oh, fuck, what was it? Um, oh my god. What was I saying? I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought. It's fine, but even then, this was this was during when the or this was when we were talking about how even then the original trilogy was also taken off. So. Yeah, like, this was a whole fucked up situation. Not only are you releasing a very glitchy and inferior product, but you're also removing the original versions off the stores. Done. And I, like, what I, I just got my thought back. It was, um, I, they had a deadline for, I think it was the 20th anniversary, right? Or the 15th anniversary? Hmm. I, I, but the, the thing is, is that, like, They've made like billions from GTA Online, and these games are like just disgusting. They're cash grabs, like, and then they get yeah, like you said, they get rid of the original versions, and that takes down, and then takes down. I think there was like a restoration mod that they battled to get taken down. Oh, geez, you know. Yeah, and what makes it sad, too, is just, like, you look at this whole situation here, and you just see that, like, not only are you going to game down, you also have this going on, and on top of it, too, it's just, like, here's the whole freaking mess, and it's just, like, you it really is. a few days, and on top of it, too, we're going to go back here, because we have to continue the story here. Oh, Yeah. So after like three days of this whole mess, it came back. It came back on PC minus the unintentional files. So they scrubbed the files. Mm-hmm. And this is and they and I think the tweet. No, the tweet isn't here. But anyways, so they said that you know they they got back on them. 
And in addition to this, I remember, well, we don't have the article for it. We do know that when they restored this version back up, they gave the original trilogy on the Rockstar launch to anyone who bought the, the definitive edition as compensation. And they brought it back up on the Rockstar launcher. But is it back on Steam? No. Is it back on... Okay, is it back on any other launcher besides Rockstar's launcher? As far as I know, no. So, does that mean that we'll never be able to get, like, workshop mods from Steam ever again? And... Plenty of other things. I think what, um, I think if you have the games already on Steam, you should be able to access the workshop still, I think. I don't know how that exactly works, because if it's delisted, you think the workshop should still be available. I would recommend checking that out after we're done recording this whole thing, just to make sure. I actually am right now. I don't see the workshop tab. Ouch. That is rough. Yeah. Yeah. So, so in other words, what you would have to do is that in order to get the mods for that game, you have to go through other sites to get the mods. Or hell, even contact the people who made them. Literally. That's My rough. God. Yeah. That's really complicated and unnecessary to bother somebody. <sighs> but yeah. Anyways, afterwards... Afterwards, on November 26th, they released a patch for at least the PS5. Actually, it was created on November 20th of 2021. So this was, originally was published on that day. But they updated it on November 26th to accommodate the Switch version. And if you scroll through the list, the list of bugs they had to fix are actually kind of extended. Like, look at this shit. Look at it. Oh, I see it. It's like... Yeah, there's like 10 fixes per per uh, list almost. More than that actually. I mean, it's like 11 or 12 or like 15 and San Andreas got yeah. the most. Yeah, and San Andreas has like like she's 25, I think, over 25. Yeah. But one but however, despite Rockstar claiming they fixed a good chunk of the stuff, some users have reported that these some of these issues haven't been fixed. For instance, Shane Lewis of Rerez, who I've actually been subscribed to on YouTube for a long time, had oh, yeah. reported that the bridge that was invisible is still invisible. As seen in the GIF little video he provided on his Twitter. Like, look at this. Oh, yeah. I see it. And on top of it, too, they, another person showed off the rain after the update, and well, look at this. It's a freaking disaster. paste that and what the fuck yeah no they look like it still looks like ice shards only why what is the back is that a lake 
I think so, yeah. I think, from what I could tell, too, this seemed to be a... Definitely, you could tell this was just like someone just took a picture off a camera. Yeah. But even still. Why the fuck is the lake making, like, almost all the rain transparent? Why, why do they disappear after they get past the lake? Does I, it just not, not exist? Like, I, uh, like yeah, I have, is it, is this like a fucking optical illusion? I they still know. look like ice shards, but holy shit! Yeah, it's like you can see the end of the lake. I'm like, is this technically a river with a waterfall, or is this a lake? Yeah, yeah. Oh like, god, you, it, you, it's sad. Yeah, like you can see the highway bridge, but it's just like beyond that. It's just like, no. <laughs> it looks like milk. Yeah, literally. It like some of the streams looks like it's like. It looks like when you look at the streams, it looks like freaking like milk coming out of a milk's udder, like cow's udders. Or I don't want to get into this explicit territory, but no, don't, man. Yeah. We already can understand, you know. Yeah. <laughs> this is like, the, like this is more explicit than what they had to like uh, patch out again. Yeah, you know? like overall, like this whole situation is a freaking mess, and I'm like. I wish we kind of covered more of this last week, like last time we had, we were able to talk. But even then, like having the complete picture in front of us, it's just like, holy shit! How can you screw up a, a launch this bad? We have another launch with a talk about too. That's been a freaking disaster too. But this has been a pretty big disaster also. Like, Certainly. Actually, this is a more notable launch than the other launch we're going to talk about later. Uh, not a little bit later in the episode. Yeah. Like, my God, how do you screw something like this up? Like, this is GT. You're talking about Grand Theft Auto, one of the largest franchises in all of video game history. It's in the same tier as, like, Mario and Minecraft in terms of, like, popularity. Yeah. And, like, I mean, um... it's probably just as popular, if not more so, than Call of Duty. And next thing you know, you fuck up the major release. Like,. This puts Rockstar's entire reputation on the line, even. Ex exactly. Like, even even though that, like, like you know, I, I don't like Call of Duty anymore, but at least a good portion of Call of Duty doesn't launch terribly bad. But there's a few things, you know, that they mess up on, but usually they polish out a good amount of stuff and then tweak a little bit of things to make them a little bit more balanced. This is just an eyesore. This looks... Ugh. Like, I remember even looking back at the original trailer, like, okay, like, when they first announced this thing, some of the stuff looked rough, and then some of the stuff actually looked pretty decent. But then you get to the final product, and you're like, oh. Oh, well, God. That they literally cherry picked it like and said it, like it was in game fo footage but they cherry picked it and they made it look better with the camera angle so it's literally like fast food or um watchdogs um back at E3 <laughs> yeah. and then they downgrade it and then leave the files in the PC version that are 10 times better than the consoles just to beat the console war like, holy shit, that's actually kind of funny. And how do you go out of the way to include 
the fucking minigame that made this game an adult-only game back in, like, the mid-2000s. How do you fuck that up that bad? I don't know. Honestly, I think they're trying... I, I don't know if they really just thought that they were working with the, like, the patched version. Like, or, or if they actually just, like, if they literally didn't know. Or, or they were, like, Grove Street Games either assumed or they did not know what the hell they were doing. Because, like, oh, my God. Imagine if they actually just, like, built it from the ground up, how less of a painful launch this would have been. You know, 20 years in the future, GTA Trilogy remastered, or remastered again, once they fixed everything. Like, instead of handing uh. off to your lesser studio, like, why couldn't you have just done, you know, a proper remake? Like, do it, like, Final Fantasy VII style, like, just completely just remake the story, redo everything from the ground up, and re-envision the entire game. Like, that would have made more sense to me, like, if you picked, like, okay, we could either combine these three games together to make one cohesive story that details the entire events of the game, those three games. Yeah. Or, like, just remake, just do it, like I said, a Final Fantasy, like I said, a Final Fantasy VII remake style sort of thing for each of these games. That makes sense to me, but instead they, I remember just watching Mike, Mighty Keith made a funny skit about this whole thing. I, I, I might have to link it to you afterwards. Certainly, because no offense, I don't know who that is. Yeah, but he made a skit about this whole thing. It's like, how do you make as much money as possible with as little effort as possible? Uh, re-release the trilogy and uh, uh, upscale the textures, make CJ have uh four middle fingers and uh <laughs> and and uh make everyone look completely terrible and them. Uh, 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 but, but it's upscaled, man, so they won't notice, you know? Uh, and let's just tweak a few things, like give it Grand Theft Auto Five aiming, you know? A few things like that, you know? It's had a first-person mode, you know? Because they, they loved it in Five and Red Dead 2, you know? Um, oh, absolutely. I don't know. But no, no, no. Um, honestly, I think, though, like, either what they did with, with Final Fantasy Seven. Um, and just built it from the ground up, like you said. Or, what they could have done, not touched the game at all, but release a patch for the anniversary that fixed the 30 FPS issue, and a bunch of other small, minute bugs, and now we can play the trilogy at 60 fps or 240 fps without a hitch that, that would have been way better than just fucking re-releasing the same game with 4k and then like fucking do what resident evil 4 does you know or what skyrim does 
and just re-release the same fucking game but with better graphics and textures and like slightly better not like super upscale everything and then <laughs> like <laughs> like even if they did did what's like Skyrim or Resi 4 because at least with Resi 4 it's the classic game that hasn't been like mutilated to this modernized sort of it's i mean some of it's different but you know it's the same fucking game like even like how capcom handled resident evil 2 and 3 like those were excellent remakes from what i hear oh yeah certainly three 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 was a little bit yeah three yeah. a little shaky but it was still solid from what i hear it's not as great as two but it was still fairly yeah, solid <laughs> yeah it was still competent, despite the fact they cut parts of the story out to kind of streamline it, but at least it was playable. It had solid gunplay. It had mechanics that actually made sense. Not like what they try to do here, which is just rehash the same game, but mutilate this to try to translate into a newer, newer engine, but fail. Yeah. Like, how the fuck do you fail translating a game to Unreal Engine, which I find is an engine that's actually relatively easy to program for? Uh, all they had to do was just, just hand it over to these, you know, hand it over to somebody who saw a group of people that, although their name is Grove Street Games, they have no passion for the original Grove Street Gang. Or any of Vice City or three, you know. Yeah, like Look, I said, e even even if they made Grand Theft Auto Four uh, playable, because like Grand Theft Auto Four, it actually runs really terribly, even on modern systems. You can't max out the game; it's impossible. Even if they did that and then made Four have a patch as well that fixed the optimization issues. Oh, that would be amazing. I think Instead of this. I was going to say, I think 4 is backward compatible on Xbox. I don't remember. I think it is. And on top of it. Because if it is. Yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, we might have to check on that. Hang on one second. Because if that's okay. the case, I'm actually going to look this up right now. Because 4 is really unoptimized on the PC because it uses... Uh, uh, 32-bit architectures instead of, you know, modern 64-bit. Or x86. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, Grand Theft Auto 4 is a part of Xbox backwards compatibility. So you could technically right. pop it into your Xbox Series X and it'll work. Interesting. Hmm. I wonder how that would handle it, though. You know? Yeah, because a lot of time what they'll do with the Xbox backward compatibility, they'll actually enhance the games up. They'll add like they'll they'll smooth out the textures, they'll increase the frame rates. Like one of the major things they did even was I know you'll get a kick out of this. Fallout Four actually got an FPS bump from thirty to sixty on Series X. Oh, nice. I know it doesn't matter because you play on PC and you get the same thing, but it's just a proof of concept. Like yeah, they go out of the way and they'll. When they do, when they had gone, which we're going to talk more about this back compatibility thing more so, they did a really good job of just maintaining this remat, kind of like tossing up the games and smoothing them out. And it's like you could get a better experience with Grand Theft Auto 4 on the Xbox Series X than this mess. 
more than likely. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, this is a man. Playing Fallout 76 in West Virginia almost makes you wish you were back in Boston or the Mojave. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, no worries. <laughs> I mean, hey, at least this game isn't, you know, going to be an exclusive for the Xbox systems because. Oh, uh, yeah, certainly. Although it did get exclusivity with launch, but I mean, at least, you know, right. Elder Scrolls won't. Yeah, you know. because we have to talk about how. Phil Spencer himself strongly hints that Elder Scrolls 6 will be an Xbox and PC exclusive. Yeah. Which, I would say that's a very powerful exclusive to have for a console. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of funny to think about Elder Scrolls 2. Like, Elder Scrolls. Yeah. That... You know, when you look at this sort of stuff here, with with this, Elder Scrolls first became a first came to the console with Elder Scrolls Three Morrowind. Morrowind, mm. the first one to come to a console, and that was an Xbox exclusive, believe it or not. Yeah. Then four came out, and four actually was pretty decent. Was played decently on the Xbox. But then it came over the PS3 and with how the cell architecture was, was not really pl as playable. Okay. And then five, obviously Skyrim, which I can pull out next to me right here. And we all know, as we just said, it was re-released to hell, you know? Yeah, you could play on your Alexa. Just kidding. Um, actually, it kind of <laughs> is, but still. <laughs> you can you can now play it as a board game and then have Grandpa join in. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Skyrim for everybody. Oh, of course. You remember that hash hashtag? brown? Yeah, I remember the hashtag from the old episode. <laughs> uh huh. Um, Skyrim for everybody. Let's go. Uh, anyways, yeah. Um. And what they're saying here is, in an interview with Go, to mark the 20th anniversary of Xbox, Spencer strongly hinted that, like next year's Starfield, Elder Scrolls 6 will be locked to Xbox consoles, PC, and Xbox Cloud Gaming. It's not about punishing any other platform, like I fundamentally believe all the platforms can continue to grow. But in order to be on Xbox, I want us to be able to bring the full, complete package of what we have. And that would be true when I think about Elder Scrolls 6. That would be true when I think about any of our franchises. So, translate translating that he's pretty. I mean, it is still. Uh, it's a bit. Of, I mean, Phil Spencer is a very. You know, I mean, yeah. There's a bit of PR speak, but he actually kind of puts a bit of mouth of what he he puts a little bit of what he says to heart. You know, putting the games on PC, making it more accessible, making the games available on cloud. And he's been very vocal about trying to support emulation, even. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah, he actually put, he actually, I, one of the things he mentioned after, you know, we're, one of the things we're going to talk about later is he hopes he'll get to see a legal emulation. Which uh, I'm put, a fan of. Yeah. <laughs> a system Sorry. of legal emulation to preserve all these older games. 
I I would love to have that. Oh my god, I'm actually able to play ROMs without FBI open up! <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, he actually stuff like that. Yeah, he actually did mention it. I'll have to find you the interview sometime after after this recording, because like I did with the other skit I mentioned. But, but yeah. yeah, this is. I mean, this is this kind of to me. This doesn't come as a surprise considering Xbox owns Bethesda now, mm -hmm. and they still want they want to make sure they can use their system. You know, their IPs like Wolfenstein, Doom, Skyrim, Fallout. Of course, of course, yeah. I mean, um, yeah, it does make sense that they make an exclusive. Um, the only thing is, is that um, would how would they like? I know Nintendo and Microsoft have been um, very close. You know, they haven't been as much as like you know, um, as much as Bethesda. Microsoft, even though they're kind of a different breed, uh, with, Beth with Bethesda, um, but I think uh, I I would think that maybe Switch would might get a later release, like um, at least whenever it's truly allowed, you know, right. whatever their contract might say. But um, I I think it would. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think Starfield and Elder Scrolls 6 are going to be part of this, considering those are pure next-gen games. The Switch is not capable yeah. enough for that. I mean... Yeah, I remember, definitely. I remember hearing that, you know, Xbox was trying to get xCloud to come to the Switch, which, uh, Game Pass go on the Switch, which would have been awesome to have, like, you know, xCloud come to the Switch, and you can stream your games. Like, that would have been freaking awesome, and it would have had a sense for Xbox players to buy a Switch. But... Mm-hmm. And then still get Rare Replay on the Switch, which would have been nice, but hey, at least Nintendo yeah. Switch are going to eventually get Banjo-Tooie if the rumors are true about what games are going to eventually be added to the N64 online subscription, but ugh, whatever. Oh, I still think about that. I hope... Whatever came about that uh, whole, like, uh, um, Animal Crossing thing? Uh, like I said, you could still buy the DLC individually if you don't want to get that expansion pack. Oh, yeah, of course. I'm just saying, like, did they ever do any more exclusive DLCs to it? Or, not you know, you yet, pay uh, $5 extra for it? Or, not yet, you know. because I know that that Animal Crossing DLC is part of the final update for that game. I see, yeah. But that's going to be the future <laughs> DLCs from other games probably may get integrated, but that's going to be a while away because COVID is ruining everything of a game development shit. But, but yeah. Trying to veer back on topic a little bit with this, I mean... Oh, of course. Yeah, it's course. expected that, you know, Xbox would make Bethesda games exclusive. It makes sense. Yeah. Anyways, um, but at least, you know, this isn't as bad as, say, Battlefield 2042's launch. Yeah, more than likely, you know. My God. We take a look at this, because if we thought... We had one bad launch on top of GTA Trilogy. Battlefield 2042 opening weekend has also been a disaster. Oh, yeah. Just like, you know, I noticed a lot of Battlefield games, like, ever since 4, like, got, like, like, ever since 4 was kind of just, like, you know, bad. Um, <laughs> Battlefield hasn't had a smooth launch. 
You know? Yeah. Like, honestly. And they mentioned here that since Battlefield 2042 went live on Friday, <laughs> this journalist, Martin Robinson, had endured hard crashes, server problems, and hold nights where the whole thing is simply unplayable. Just there. Additionally, too, he mentioned how he got stuck into DICE's new shooter only to spend the whole evening butting up against a data persistent error that was, shall we tell, he said, persistent across a whole night. It was impossible to get into a single match of the all-out warfare that's the core of this new Battlefield experience, and only the classic matches and rule sets of Portal offered any joy. Mm-hmm. Like, you can see the article has like it's a complete mess. He mentions here that more than half the matches he had incurred, yeah, you know, uh, you know, he more than half the matches he had participated in had ended in server issues that had him rubber banding across the entire map, and which had removed his avatar's head from its body and rendered the whole thing entirely unplayable. Um. So, all I can say is, is that, um, they really hyped this game, like, really, really highly, and this kind of just shows that, like, you know, it's interesting that we, that, you know, because a lot of the stuff that popped up in this game, like, you see, like, the, the trailer with, like, the uh, robotic, like, um, it, it looks like a, like, one of those robo-dogs that has a, a tank, and, you know, you see, like, the, like, one of the uh, walls coming down, and, like, uh, let me just skip through here. You see all this interesting stuff, and then when you play the actual game, you see textures flickering. You see parts of your body like in front of you and, and you just uh, I, I really wonder when DICE is gonna understand that this isn't how you launch a game first impressions count a lot and it seems like game development has become instead of releasing a polished product with good stuff at launch they release a broken game and then slowly promise to fix it over time. Like, ugh, it's it it's scary. It actually that is. That's what game development has become. It actually is. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if like if this keeps up, EA shuts down Battle. Like, you know, they shut down Dice and they you and they replace essentially replace them with, you know. The what is it? Respawn. Mm-hmm. If Respawn just takes over the role of what Dice did, because they know how to make Titanfall, which has pr- probably been a, like one of the better shooters as well of the entire generation, especially two. Mm-hmm. And on top of it too, they they know how to make Jedi like st- like open world game like s games with like Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah, definitely. 
which actually kind of the, supposedly the more Metroidvania feel to it too. So even like they know how to make single player games, they know how to make multiplayer games, especially because they also have experience with battle royale games because of Apex Legends. Yeah. And another thing he was at this guy too actually was not satisfied with was. He didn't really seem to like how the old classes of the older Battlefield games got replaced with the hero as specialists. And he didn't like how they, they the, the old scoreboard was removed. And there's also a complete lack of in-game voice comms or expansion maps that, you know, accommodate 128-player gameplay. Yeah, so um, the thing about that also... Um... The old, yeah, the old class system, um, because they had the specialist sort of thing. I know they, I know they did that because of that. But I do understand, like, um, that I, I do understand that that, um, that kind of ruins a little bit of the whole portal aspect of it. You know, going back to the old games, um. The score, the scoreboard is really important, and also in-game voice comms are are an essential in a lot of a lot of competitive uh, first-person shooters. Yeah, like you can't but the, but the, rely. The f- yeah, like and you can't you can't rely on Discord for everything. No, and the fact that they. The maps that they have are that like like sardine canned that they have 128 players, but they but it feels like you're playing I don't know it it feels like you're playing um, shipment in modern warfare um, with like. 128 fucking people in the game. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean... Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't have much to say on this other than, uh, great, you know, it's another Battlefield launch that's crappy, you know, and that they haven't done anything about. Um, but it just kind of goes to show you that uh, like... It's not about like Battlefield versus COD or something. It's about making a finished product that the fan base will like, you know, and not excluding features or, you know, removing them or replacing them with completely uh, out of touch, you know, like additions. Like, I don't know, man. Yeah, it's just a complete, like, what the hell happened here? But that is not as bad. Yeah, it's not as bad as, say, you know, this Xbox anniversary that happened, which... Oh, yeah. Ooh, 20th anniversary broadcast. Let's recap, man. Woo! All right. Actually, <laughs> in one of our older episodes, we actually do have a 
we do have a discussion of us looking back on the to- our, what we our memories on Xbox. I believe it was episode fourteen or fifteen. I don't remember, but it was one of those episodes. It was definitely fifteen, I believe. Yeah, whatever episode it is, I'll make sure to highlight that. So. Oh yeah, certainly. So that people can find it and watch our discussion. So make sure you go back and watch it because that is definitely a really good episode. I think that we had when we were discussing our Xbox and our history with it. But yeah, but this thank you Xbox. Yeah, but this (laughs) anniversary stream actually brought on like quite a number of cool things here. For one, the main highlights of the event. If the article could load for me, that'd be nice. Um, now I'm going to refresh this thing. Cause I don't know why it's not loading all the way. But there are three major things that, ha- that you know, were important with this whole, you know, thing. Mm-hmm. One. 70 Xbox games were added to the backwards compatibility list. It's a lot of games to cap off that to be out of backward compatibility. Definitely. And they have a whole list. So the second link I gave you actually, you know, gives you another link. So make sure so if you scroll down to the end of the, the second thing I linked to you for that whole thing. Mm-hmm. At the end, you'll see as things says in green text. Check out the full list of today's titles here. Yeah. And. I believe this is. Yeah, this is it right here. There's a good list here. There's a very good list here. Oh, yeah, the entirety of Max Payne and uh, Fear. Mm-hmm. That's a huge... That, that That's pretty big. Additionally, they added Skate 2. Oh, yes, yeah, Skate 2. That... That's pretty great, mm-hmm. in my opinion. They added a couple um, of Star Wars games, too, to the list. Yep. They added a couple of Mortal Kombat games. They added Ridge Racer, Ridge Racer 6, which I actually used to own that game, and I'm probably going to pick it up again because that was a really fun racing game. Okay. Um, Ridge Racer is a really good racing game series. It's actually an arcade racer that was made by Bandai Namco, so it's a very arcade feel. I see. Uh, there's a couple Dead or Alive games that got added, which... Waifus! Woo! Woo! Uh, what is it? Is it tennis, I think, right? I don't know. No, it's volleyball. Same concept. Fighting. Uh, yeah, but also but also volleyball yeah. with um, on the beach. Anyways. Um, oh, hey. The entire Gears of War uh, franchise. At least the trilogy in the fourth one as well. I think in the from, Fallout games, or except for like three in New Vegas. 
No, we're all looking at the last screenshot says new backward compatible game on Xbox Series X and S. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, oh, shit, sorry. The fucking, um, they got FPS boosts. Oh, sorry. Yeah. What the fuck is wrong with me? Yeah, um, so, so if you play those games on Xbox, they you do get FPS boosts. Sonic Generations also got FPS boosts, which is pretty nice. Actually, yeah, the second link does explain a lot of it, so I'm going to go back there. So... Yeah. Yeah, so like Fear and Fear 3 got FPS boosts, which is really nice. And yeah, and like, like you said, Gears of War, Fallout 3, Fallout New Vegas, Elder Scrolls 4, Oblivion, Dragon Age Origins, Dead Space 2 and 3, Alan Wake, they, those got FPS boosts. Oh, yeah. And some of the FPS boosts also apply to some Xbox Cloud Gaming. Yeah, I, I saw that too. Um, so cloud gaming, so it's literally like streaming games, right? That's what it is. Yeah, that's what Nvidia. Okay. That was uh, Nvidia GeForce Now was supposed to be. Which, oh my god, I we're not talking about it this week, but let's just say that that leak has started to become more and more true as games get announced. Yeah, yeah. Um. Oh my god. Yeah. Um. I. I, I I should talk about this later, like not not right now, but oh my god, yeah, it's predicted a lot of a lot of stuff, like it, it, there's like oh my god, um, like wasn't there Half Life Three that was being like, wasn't there like a hint that Half Life Three was back in development or something? I don't remember, but. I have to, we'll have to take a look at that another time. Maybe next week we'll have... Yeah, certainly. What we should do, certainly. actually, remind me this, is that we should just take a t we should take a few minutes and just do like a bonus segment in the episode. Maybe sure, during sure. The, maybe before we start the episode off of all the new topics where we go back to NVIDIA leak and we just take a look at... Wow. <laughs> that's all I have to say. Is we, we, that's all we have to do. Yeah, certainly. But, um, but back to back to Xbox. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, if you scroll down, if you go in the article here, a there's a little another link that says check out t the fullest of today's titles here. OK. And we scroll down a little bit. You'll see a image that says new backward compatible games on Xbox Series X and S and Xbox One. Just keep in mind, all these games will be, if you wanted, if you had any of these discs available on your Xbox One, even you can pop these discs, those games in and it'll work. I want to see if Morrowind is on here. Give me one second. Actually, Morrowind yeah. is. Morrowind. Woo! <laughs> Sorry. Um, I actually, I remembered at one point when they first announced that Morrowind was being added, I remember posting on Instagram how happy it was to see that game on there. Hopefully we can play it in 16 by 9 this this time. Actually, I believe you can. At 4K. <laughs> I want to see those 4K Xbox uh, orcs. Yeah. Um, Thrill Bill, if you don't know what that is, is a roller coaster tycoon like game. I hear it's actually pretty good though. And you got okay. Thrillville and the sequel. 
There's Time Splitters 2 and Time Splitters Future Perfect. Which I Dude, hear... Which they I, added, are you smarter than a fifth grader? Woo! <laughs> Woo! Oh my god. <laughs> Oh my god, dude. Hey. Hold on a damn second. Red Dead Revolver! Woo! <laughs> yeah, you can. If you have a. If you have the Red Dead Revolver on the disc, or I believe you can just buy it off the Xbox store, you can just go ahead and download or put the disc in and it'll work. Oh, yeah. But yeah, this is. Rock of Ages. Mm hmm. <laughs> However, there is a downside to all these games, because while this was a great list, this was a great list. That's it. That's all, folks. All right. Yes, because if you go back to the yep. article again, it says this is the latest and final edition of 70 plus titles of the backward compatibility program was only possible with the passion and feedback from the community. Your constant requests for specific titles and enhancements encourage the backward compatibility team to partner with the original creators to preserve thousands of games from over four generations of Xbox. While we continue to stay focused on preserving and enhancing the art form of games, we have reached the limit of our ability to bring new games to the catalog from the past due to licensing, legal, and technical constraints. Thank you for being part of the journey with us. So translation is we want we wish we were able to add more games to this program. Unfortunately, there's a lot of legal bullshit that we can't actually do. Yeah. And that's the kicker. That's the real kicker, is that even if you, you know, if if your favorite game is not on here, that's it. And that is either, that is more than likely a legal issue because of the developer or licensing or God knows what, you know, they don't want their game to be preserved or whatever else gets in the way because like, some of these people games, still I, don't yeah i was like, i have a couple games i wish would have been back here like i would have loved to see some there's another racing series that microsoft had that never got pushed forward it's the microsoft originally had two racing series it are you talking about talking about dirt no that's owned by codemaster which is owned by oh. ea now uh, driver? No. Okay, then, uh... You probably never uh, heard Magic of it, the Gathering. Sorry. Uh, I don't know. Uh, is it one of the Off-Road Fury games? No. So, I won the racing... So, before Microsoft decided to focus purely on Forza and then had Playground do Forza Horizon... There's another racing series Microsoft did, known as Project Gotham Racing. Oh, I've heard of it before, but I didn't know that they were... So, so that's uh, Gotham as in Batman, right? No, not that Batman. Oh. Not that Gotham. Oh, uh, okay, then, yeah, I, I have no idea. You can I look apologize. If you, if you, yeah, you can look it up if you're curious about it, but it was another, like, racing series that was more of an arcade-ish nature. It's not realistic cars and everything, but I think it had more of an arcade-ish nature. I remember when I got my Xbox 360 back in the heyday, that was, like, one of the first games I had. 
I think it was Project Gotham Racing 3, I believe it was. Yeah, because I remember some of the first racing games they had was Forza Motorsport 2 and, like, Project Gotham Racing 3. In fact, I had my Xbox. They were, like, really good games, though. But the sad thing about racing games, as you know, is that there's a lot of, cut, like, you know, legal, like, with issues with, like, cars. Yeah. Try to get the rights to have the cars in the game. And top of two, the music. That, too. Like, it would have been awesome if Need for Speed most, the original Need for Speed most water or Need for Speed carbon was backward compatible. Because, my God, I would have loved that. And I assume it's because of all the... Exactly. It's cars. Musical. It's cars. It's the cars in music. Oh, great. It would have been awesome, too, if Sonic Heroes or Saddle the Hedgehog or even Sonic 06 were backward compatible, too. I would love that. Definitely. Or uh, one game that a lot of people want to see backward compatible, too, was Jet Set Radio. I mentioned this in the in the pre in the on the previous episode too, but a lot of people want I know a good chunk of people want to see Jet Set Radio back compatible. Or any other Sega games that were on you know the Xbox, because at the time Sega made quite a number of exclusive games for the Xbox. Mm. After the Dreamcast failed. And in fact, too, even funnier if you think about it. The the Xbox was originally going to have backward compatibility with the Dreamcast. Yeah. So and it's kind of a shame to see a lot of those Sega games that you know are harder to find, just not be able to move forward. Hmm. I wonder. Certainly. Are, were there any games that you saw from this list that, you know, you wished was able to get carried forward? Uh, I know you have PC nowadays, and it's just like, okay, I have all the games I need. I'm cool, but were there mm, any, like, games that you haven't had a chance to play that you wanted to try that would have been hard to find because you don't want to go spend hundreds of dollars on a copy of a game or anything like that? Uh... Yeah, um, good question. Um, uh, abandoned games. Uh, not right now. I can't think of any, any, like, uh, that's valid. So that must have been that most of the games you wanted either got added to backward compatibility or. In your and probably in your case, yeah, most of them on PC anyway, so you're fine. Yeah, it's either that or I have copies of them that I can just kind of go back to. I'd have to like, you know, when it comes to uh, you know, a certain some something like uh, you know, Golden Sun and uh, <laughs> you know, uh, something like that. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I, I'm I'm not. I don't really. I don't really, uh... Hmm. So, something's coming to me right now. Nintendogs. Sorry. <laughs> um, I don't know. Blame Nintendo uh, for not making that game either a reboot of it for the Switch, or just not being able to have compatibility with DS games somehow, which the Wii U managed to do. Yeah. 
Um, other than that, though, I think we can move on to the next thing that Microsoft did for the, their event. Not only that, they did the 70 games there, but they're also doing a documentary for the Xbox. I have to refresh this article again because it doesn't want to load. God damn it. But yeah, that backward compatibility stuff was definitely, you know, was a, the probably the biggest announcement of that entire stream, I think. Certainly. It's also one of the saddest just because of some, some franchises that will never resurface because of the lack of exposure. Um... You know, um, yeah. Are we going to move on to the museum? You know, at this point, I'm just going to just state the other two things because the article just not does not want to freaking load. Okay. But yeah, there's going to be a documentary that's being added to that's being made. It's going to detail the history of Xbox. Okay. Which I thought would be pretty cool. That's I thought that's pretty cool. But the next major announcement that they made throughout this entire thing, by far, was that they made a beta. They released the beta for Halo Infinite multiplayer, which the two of us have been playing a lot of recently. Certainly. Oh, now the article want the load. Okay, we'll just talk about this then. Yeah. Power On is the story of Xbox releases on December 3rd. That 13. That's the documentary I was mentioning about. And it's going to talk about things like the Red Rig of Death, like how Xbox reacted to that, and a whole bunch of things. And yeah, the back compatibility thing, we just talked about that. And they have merch and stuff. But yeah, Halo Infinite's the next biggest thing, but we're going to talk all about that later. But yeah, we're going to go to the museum now. So, essentially what this is, if you take a look at the article now, mm -hmm. you'll see that it's kind of like a metaverse, as they labeled, as, you know, the article labels it. No, that, that infamous word. <laughs> of, yeah, that thing that Facebook wants to mimic. Yeah. But, uh. but yeah. Xbox wanted to make a virtual museum, which is a really cool idea to present all this information they have about Xbox. I think it's a really interactive and interesting way to present this. Certainly. And one, I actually did take a look at this at one point. And one of the nice things it does for you is that it, if you log into this museum and actually try it, you can actually see your Xbox stats on there. It tells you, like, oh, what's your first game that you played on Xbox? When did you first create your Xbox Live account? What game, what were the most played games you had on Xbox? That's so cool. Wait, it, it, it just, so, it, it only works if it's on your account right it's it's on it only works through one account right why did you have your split in two no i was just wondering like 
like does it does it work from for somebody who like all the way to the original Xbox on the Xbox Live all the way to now on the Series X? If you've used the same Xbox Live account since, yes. That is insane. Like that my, is insane. Yeah, my Xbox Live account was from since like the very like the beginning of the th- around the beginning of the 360. It details me. This is the first game you played on it, and I think it's like Forza Motorsport Two. It told me straight up. Jeez, that is insane. Imagine, oh my God, you'd have so much nostalgia looking back at this point. Like when when we did that whole like looking back, mm-hmm. I wonder how much I actually truly remembered from when I first picked up an Xbox because. The only game I remember having on the Xbox, like on on the Xbox One, because I never really owned a Microsoft console Mm -hmm. um, until the Xbox One. Um, uh, Jeez, because I think I only had I really only had Minecraft because that was what it came bundled with and it came with an extra controller and stuff. Um, I wonder what my other games were. Because, like, jeez, you know? That's crazy, the, the idea of, like... Uh, it's kind of creepy, in a sense, but not really. Yeah. In addition <sighs> to, one thing it definitely does is that, like, it'll also tell you what, what was the most played game from the last five years. So, like, it'll tell you, break it down. In 2015, I think it's, like, first, I think it's, like, no, not 20. In 2016, this was your most played game. In 2017, this was your most played game. And for me personally, it was actually Rock Band 4. <laughs> Which we're going to talk about more about the fate of that game in a later news segment. But it's just funny to see that. Like, I've just been playing so much Rock Band 4. It overshadowed everything else. And this year, I actually kind of slowed down my Rock Band 4 playing. And it actually told, tells me straight up, you ever played a game this year was actually Halo Infinite. Interesting. Yeah, for me, I'd assume that for 2018, it was probably uh, Call of Duty World War II. Mm-hmm. And I assume maybe 2017 was either Resident 7 or um, it might have been... Um, oh, God. I don't know. Well, uh, well, I think definitely. Fallout. Fallout 4. That makes sense. I yeah, we're messing around a lot with the mods. <clears throat> yeah, what I'll have First to have me do at some point is after this, another one thing I have to link you to it after we're done this recording, I'm going to have to go ahead and just show you this Xbox museum thing because you'll be surprised what you'll find. Oh, yeah. And in addition, and one of the things they actually not only did this, they show like artifacts, not only did they show, do this, they actually showed off certain artifacts in here. In fact, what the the main thing they showed off here was an image in that museum that actually shows you the letter that Microsoft presented to Nintendo when they tried to acquire them. Oh, jeez. I'm looking at it right now at the museum. I just clicked the Xbox museum thing. It's, that's interesting. Oh, my God. 
It's got it, it's got Halo Four over in the corner by the three sixty. <laughs> wow! Oh my god, that's cool. That's really cool. Jeez, that's so fucking cool. Um, <laughs> it seems like you're tearing up because of how beautiful it is. Well, no, it's just like I. Wow, a, a company actually kind of like having some sort of fan service that isn't does that doesn't feel forced. It just feels like you've been with us for so long. Thank you for your service with us, you know, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like you'll see there, it's, it it, it kind of it does feel a little heartwarming too when you look at this whole museum thing like it makes it feel very heartwarming it's like this is what we this is our history this is what we this is what we are yeah definitely and like i said too they actually screen they actually blurred out a little bit of the letter that that was presented when it says microsoft tries to acquire nintendo oh yeah yeah about that that they would later laugh their asses off. Yeah, that's the big thing. Yeah, because what happens at the time, Microsoft was like just developing up the Xbox and Nintendo's GameCube was not doing well. They're like, yo, why don't you develop games for our thing? You're good at the games, we're good at the hardware. Why don't you develop the games for our hardware? Uh, okay. Which is an interesting take on that. It's just like, hey, like, think about how much gaming would have changed if Microsoft either made a strategic partnership with Nintendo that made them exclusive games for the Xbox, or yeah. flat out bought Nintendo off and had them as first party. I don't know how Mario and like what Zelda would be like. Jeez, what what would Metroid turn into? Would it like cross over with Halo? Like what the fuck? That that's actually quite Whoa. I I like imagine that. Or like what like, if, yeah, like or what if this was before Microsoft was actually get grabbed Bungie? So the, Microsoft wouldn't oh, even that's have, true. yeah. Yeah, so this would if if so if this if Microsoft acquired Nintendo after Bungie this would mean that Halo and Mario would have been part of the same company, but if this was before Bungie was bought off by, you know, by Microsoft, they wouldn't need Bungie. They would have the best first party in the entire, like, industry. They just have Nintendo on yeah. lock. They would crush Sony with exclusives. And Sony would have to think really hard on, on what to... You know what to turn into an exclusive like when it when it came to like god of war or uncharted or like when it came to those with their um with their first party exclusives like man and you would have a reason to buy either console and there wouldn't be a con there would only be a console war on who gets the exclusive not who which one runs better yeah. that would be Jeez, that's insane to think of, you know? And it's like, yeah, because then what will probably happen is that Bungie, because I don't know if you remember, 
before Halo Combat Evolved, there was a different Halo game that was on Mac. Really? Hmm. Like, Halo Combat Evolved would be mad in Halo 1, but there was a different Halo game, I guess you could say, that was like a precursor, like, or you could kind of call it like a zero. Yeah. That took, that was a, quite a bit different, and it actually was, like I said, it was available on Mac. Hey, look at that. So, who knows? Maybe another company could have scooped up Bungie. Maybe Apple could have bought Bungie and had Halo be their flagship game. And if, like, Apple revived the Pippin of all, of all things. Do you I'm know looking what, at it right now. Do you even the, know what uh, the, the Apple Pippin is? Apple Pippin, uh, no. Doesn't ring a bell. I believe I remember right... That was actually a video game console. <laughs> I think Apple... Oh. Yeah. That was a video <laughs> game console. I think it was like... Apple partnered with like... I forgot what company it is. I think it was like Bandai Namco or something that. I forgot what the deal was. It was a flop of a video game system. What the shit? Oh, yeah. yeah it's... it's uh, uh... According to Apple, Pippin was directed at the home market as an integral part of the consumer audiovisual, stereo, and television environment, so... It was supposed to be a video game system from Apple. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that, it look, why does it have, like, a boomerang controller? I have no idea, but just think about how different that could have been, like... Apple could have revived the Pippin concept and bought Bungie off and had Halo be a Apple gaming property. Yeah, it is Bandai. They wanted to uh, make a scaled-down Macintosh <laughs> for CD-ROM games. Um, Which is kind of what the but, Xbox yeah. was with Windows. <laughs> oh, yeah, certainly. Um, actually, you can actually use a lot of like modifying and hacking in the Xbox. You can run, uh, I think Linux on it. Like it's actually kind of interesting what you can do with the Xbox nowadays. Hell you could, you could gut it out and make a, make a mini ITX computer out of it. Mm-hmm. Won't be the best, but you can actually do something like that. Oh, certainly it's fascinating what you can do, but yeah, it's like seeing all the stuff again. Like, I mean, you know, this museum was freaking cool to see, and, like, you have, like, this whole thing with... It reveals all quite a bit of stuff, too, that not as many people realized. And it's just cool that Microsoft is celebrating their anniversary in a meaningful way. That's not just, hey, we're gonna have a live stream and announce a couple things, see you later. It's like they're actually yeah. doing cool, meaningful things to make this 20th anniversary special. And, it and for video game historians and everything, like, this was really cool to see. Oh, certainly. And if you're a video game preservationist, if you're in that point that all video games should be preserved, this actually was a pretty good day for you, because while, yes, it sucks that, you know, the program ended, it ended off with a giant bang. Definitely. And now, with that being said, I think we can move on to the game of the year.
conversation that we have to deal with. Oh. Game of the year. Yes. You mean I paid for my uh, game of the year. Sorry. Uh, it's fine. Pay reviews. Shills. <laughs> Sorry. Thegameawards.com What do we got here? So, this year's Game of the Year is nominees are Deathloop, It Takes Two, Metroid Dread, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, and Resident Evil Village. Oh, okay. So, place your bets. Who should win? Um... Hmm. It's like, who do you th- wish? Which game do you think will win? And which game do you think will? Which game? Do you, it's like, which game do you think will win? Which game do you want to win? Okay, so um, to get the bad news out of the way first, honestly, it takes two. Besides, it stealing um. Besides it basically being like, uh, what was it, unraveled, but like a l- little bit different. <laughs> I-, I don't know. I'm sorry. Uh, I don't. I don't. I'd never really cared about it. Takes two. Um, and as far as like uh, Death Loop, uh, I'm not sure about that Death Loop. Um. Although I'm not, I'm not as bitter about it as uh, it takes two. Um, so for me personally, I kind of would like to see either Metroid or um, Resi Village um, or even Psychonauts two win. Um, but and and for Deathloop, I I haven't really had much exposure for Deathloop that much compared to you know, these other games. Um, but, uh, anything here besides It Takes Two, I'd like to see win. But for, as far as for me, ones that I think that will win, or the one specific one that will 100% win, I'm gonna be completely honest. It's a tie between either Metroid Dread or Ratchet and Clank. Because... Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, you could tell there was a lot of, like, a lot of heart that went into it. The animations look like a fucking Disney movie. Um, they, they look like a Pixar movie on steroids inside of a video game. Like, honestly, this game is pro. What? <laughs> How long have you been holding that up? Uh, uh Ratchet Hydra. and Clank. How, how long have you been holding that up to the screen? About a minute. <laughs> oh. Um, okay. But yeah, I do have the game and 
I need to go and play it because I've heard nothing but great things about it. Like, let me tell you, um, it's it, the fluidity of the animation in that game is on point. The gameplay, I personally, I haven't experienced it, but I've mostly seen, I've been an, an outsider looking in, but it definitely looks like something that if I got the chance to play, I would, I would definitely try it out and maybe get hooked on the actual Ratchet and Clank series. Um, it, it's such a, it's, it's a very, um, polished game. Um, for Metroid Dread, I, I haven't really been exposed to it that much, but I do know that a lot of people have been praising it. Um, Psychonauts 2, I mean, I know people are hyped for Psychonauts, uh, because the original was pretty good. Um, for Deathloop, yeah, like I said before, same thing. Not very much exposure outside of, you know, uh, looking in. Um, it takes two. Don't like it. You know, it's just, I don't know. It, it's, it, it seems like it flopped immediately. I don't know why. Didn't seem like it did anything beyond be like an another, another game. <laughs> No, but uh, with with uh, Resident Evil Village, this is what this is the only game out of the out of this uh, thing out of this uh, whole category of of games that I've actually played through. Um, I actually played through it on like on camera. Um, I recorded my entire playthrough of it, and uh, mm, I don't know it. Honestly, I wouldn't say that Village is worth being game of the year. Not for a like a bad reason, not because it's a bad game, but it you're going to have to do a lot more than what Village did for me to feel like it should deserve game of the year. It's a great game, don't get me wrong, but game of the year Mm, I don't think it will. I, I don't think anybody's gonna say that it was worthy of Game of the Year because there is a lot of uh, there there's a lot of uh, problems with that game story wise that personally didn't didn't mesh well with um, uh, with the previous game and um, games before it. I feel, but right. I feel it's a great game. Just doesn't deserve game of the year in my opinion. Right. It's okay if you disagree. <laughs> I was gonna say I do feel that Resident Evil Village will probably win best horror game. Of course. But that's all but... I have to say about that. As for myself, I'd like to see either Metroid Dread or Psychonauts 2 win. And Psychonauts 2, the reason why I wish partially why I wish for that game to win is because I'd like to see Xbox actually get a win. They never get wins. I feel like having Psychonauts 2 win would be a big boon for Xbox. Certainly. And Metroid Dread, it's just that 
you know, it's a Nintendo game, and Nintendo games also rarely get Game of the Year. And while Breath of the Wild did win Game of the Year, I think of 2017, it would be nice to have, you know, Nintendo get another W, especially for a franchise like Metroid, which typically is seen as a more niche franchise, and it, it could use a bit of a boost in sales. Of course, of course. As for what I who which games I think will win, it's either going to be Ratchet and Clank or Deathloop. Okay. And the reason why is because the usually the game of the year awards there definitely seems to be a bit of a bias with either Sony or especially with Kojima. If Kojima is ever in a game, if any of Kojima's games ever get into a game of the year discussion. His games get flooded. Oh, yeah. Even if they're death surrounding levels of not as coherent. Exactly. <laughs> no offense. Yeah. And Deathloop, while now it's owned by Microsoft, which means technically Microsoft could get a W through Deathloop because they own Bethesda as well. Mm-hmm. It does come up as a more, this is a Bethesda pure game, because this was made before Microsoft bought off Bethesda. Yeah. So, but I, yeah, I do think that either Ratchet and Clank or Deathloop is going to take game of the year, but Metroid Dread and Psychonauts 2 should be the one deserving of it. Certainly. But what? I, um, yeah, personally, I just, I don't know much about Psychonauts to judge judge it like that. Right. But it could be, you know? Yeah. Now, the thing is that I don't, I don't like, I'm similar with you in, in terms of Psychonauts, but I'm just thinking more so in terms of other avenues. Of course, of course. Now, the thing that we're going to have to look at, too, the biggest meme of the entire Game of the Year selection is I have to find it real quick in the categories. For best role-playing. Best role-playing. Oh, my God. So... Get your bingo <laughs> cards out right now. Best role-playing. Where is it? <laughs> you have the press where it says view categories, like the upper middle. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Yeah, I found it. Okay, what do we got? Um, we Let's... Cyber- yeah, let's start from let's go right to left and make the more suspenseful. So, Tales of Arise, Shimigami Tensei Five, Scarlet Nexus, Monster Hunter Rise, and these four games are quality games. And then you get the Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Sorry. Don't sue us. Anyways. Um, oh, yes. Best RPG. Woo! Had to be pulled off of the PlayStation 4 store. Oh, my God. Had to be taken off the PlayStation store for being that crappy. When worse games get take, don't even get taken off the store. Oh, my God. Q&A. <laughs> Quality and ass your ants. <laughs> oh my god! Anyways, um, yeah. 
Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> Best RPG. Best role-playing. Oh, I actually feel tickled by back of my throat. I want to puke. <laughs> you know what's funny, though? <laughs> Let's actually look at this top, this category a bit more serious. Like, look at this. So, Tales of Arise, okay. Shimagawa Tensei Five, and Monster Hunter Rise. Those three games in particular. Those three okay. games have been viewed very critically positively. Like, they've been praised across the board for those three games. Scarlet Nexus was also viewed positively too, but that game kind of got forgotten about. Honestly. And then you get Cyberpunk it, 2077, the meme of last year. You know, that's the kind of the... Okay, that's kind of the, the saddest part, is that... Um, it, they had to wait a year. They had to wait a year before they could... Put it, put it, put in a check for it to be nominated. You're Anyways, right. um, you know, I'm gonna sign in and vote 2077 just because. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're doing it for the memes. Oh my god, <laughs> imagine and then uh, imagine they have the um, envelope. And they pull a um, what is his name? They they pull a uh, so they say um, best role playing. Uh, Scarlet Nexus, and everyone starts cheering. And then it's like, wait, 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 wrong card. Wait, what's this on the back? And then all of a sudden, you hear the 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 synth guitar. And fucking as it as it kicks in, done. He, he the guy yells Cyberpunk 2077, oh, and then the fucking bass drops, and Keanu Reeves walks on stage, <laughs> all dressed up as uh, Johnny. Johnny what is his names? Silverback, yeah. Silverhand. Silver silver hand job. Okay. Um. Impressive car. Sorry. <laughs> um, but, uh, but Keanu Reeves just walks on stage. Da, 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 da. He does the John Lennon keep on truck, trucking walk. Da, 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 da. Da, 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 da. And then he's like, he just walks up to the microphone, does like a uh, 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 Shia LaBeouf do it while pointing both of his hands at his crotch. It says, Expensive cock! <laughs> and then <laughs> walks off stage all badass. <laughs> and then you just see this like fucking parade of like cyberpunk looking people. And then that's it. And the worst part is, it wasn't scripted. <laughs> That's a pretty scary for something that could potentially happen. I I feel like that's I feel like I feel like Tales of Arise or Monster Hunter Rise would honestly win. 
I mean, they both have rice in the name. Sorry. That is true. That's a nice pun, but yeah, it's true. I actually got Tales of Arise fairly recently myself, and I've been meaning to play it, though, because the game does look really good, though. Oh, yeah, certainly. However, one game that a lot of people felt got snubbed from the conversation. Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. No, not that game. There's another oh. game, and there's a reason for it. Forza uh, Horizon 5. For role-playing? No, for sports and racing. Oh, okay. Sorry. I don't know what the fuck's wrong with me. I was like, I, I thought we were still talking about RPGs. Uh, but the reason I bring this game up, because a lot of this game actually supposedly got the highest review score of the entire year. And you're going to get nominated for game of the year. Uh, I'll just put, it got a 91 on a Metacritic average. Okay. And all the other, we're talking about for critical reviews, not these reviews, because your reviews are much more skewed. Yeah, yeah. But, and even then, a lot of people actually wanted this game to be on the list because they're like, this is... Like, one of the most revolutionary racing games that have come out in recent memory. Mm -hmm. And it didn't get nominated for Game of the Year. And because a lot of people um, felt that this game in particular should have been game one of the nominations for Game of the Year. The problem is, is that it's like people see it as a category that no one really cares about. Yeah. I mean, personally, I don't care about sports, but I do see the, the you know, the whole, uh, the whole idea around, like, because, yeah, look at the uh, game of the years. They're all, um, you know, none of them have much to do with racing or any sort of sport like thing. Mm -hmm. You know, they're all either shooters or. Um, or a puzzle game, you know, mm -hmm. or a mix of a bunch of categories and, um, well, I do see, you know, well, I do see this game because uh, like <clears throat> Forza is a big fucking, um, you know, it's a, it's a big brand, you know, it's a, it's a big IP, you know? And, uh, oh God, you know, the idea of, uh, because even I have to compliment this game in a sense, because when it released on PC, it was well optimized. Um, and it was very like horizon five was, uh, um, it, it was one of the games that I saw that you could play in, I think for, like 480p which is actually kind of hilarious um so you could probably play on intel uhg graphics nowadays which is kind of the kind of funny but um not only the optimization but the actual look of the game was beautiful um but i'm not super into racing games so 
Um, I can't really give too much beyond that, but I think people think of sports games because they're because they're basically just sports games. They, you know, you can play them in real life. I think because, like, I mean, of course, you can't just go out racing in real life, and you can't really be on major league, you know, football or American football, like, or even soccer. Um, you can't be on these major teams, but. Um, I think people just assume that sports games are, you know, they, they're not as, um, I feel people don't treasure them as much as shooter games or games that have more fantasy elements because, you know, you can, you can fantasize about being a football player and a, you know, you can also fantasize about becoming an intergalactic uh, alien killer or something, I guess. I don't know. Um, but one of those is possible and one of those isn't. And I think that's kind of the logic they're going on with Game of the Year. You know? Maybe, yeah. Feel, it's hard to really say what's going on. Honestly, I just feel like they don't appreciate them as much, you know? Because it's, you know, it's not as fantasy as, uh, you know, becoming a... a no, nobody wants to sign up for the military. Nobody wants to become a soldier on purpose, you know, unless they actually have that mindset, you know. And not many people do. They just want to play Nerf or Airsoft or some sort of laser tag sort of thing that's why those things exist but they're not as abundant as buying a soccer ball or buying a football or buying a basketball and heading to the local playground and shooting some hoops or scoring some nets you know no i get it yeah it's just i don't get me wrong i'm not a sports person and i would i would definitely not nominate you know fifa 22 as game of the year by any stretch of the means but no, it, no. But it just does feel like there is so, a minor bit of bias. Like you could tell, like, especially like we mentioned earlier with the Kojima games. Like, like, uh -huh. as, because of Jeff Keighley's relationship with Kojima, it feels like he puts a lot of Kojima's games, nominates them for Game of the Year or many categories, say because the friendship that he has with them. Yeah, and not only that, but Kojima has been quite re well renowned, you know, um, as a a very um, he's not out there in the sense that it's weird. He's out there in the sense that he has a different perception of you know what's fun in a game, and he he like I feel like with Kojima he understands what people don't think that they want in a game in a sense you know yeah like i feel like uh, a lot of his gameplay elements of um of his like the past middle gear solid games a lot of the like uh things that he threw in like there's a lot of things to do in metal gear and metal gear games are usually very short um 
but there is a lot of things like i think at one point in metal gear 3 or metal gear solid 3 you can smoke cigarettes underneath a beehive mm-hmm. and the bees won't disturb you right or if you eat a poisonous item if you spin around and get yourself dizzy snake will puke out the um i think big boss actually is is that snake but he will puke out the poison and there's a few other you know cool things like if you turn the console off and then wait a little bit or set the clock ahead like if you let it sit there for a week one of the bosses will actually die of old age because that boss is about to die and he would die in a week from some sort of thing he has and in real life, you shut the console off, wait a week, and then play another game. Come back to the game. <laughs> He's dead. Why? I don't know. He just is. And you didn't have to do anything but either set the clock ahead or just wait a week and play something else. So, yeah, no. It's, it's actually quite, you know, it's it's amazing what you know i feel like he adds all these interesting things because while in a normal gameplay sense i don't know they're not like amazing you know they're not like uh this is like uh but there's a lot of details that he adds to the games and there's a lot of gameplay elements that he adds that are non-standard but are very uh i'd say they they break into a new normal you know they break into a new standard of what games can be with details because for a playstation 2 game the metal gear games were jam-packed full of things you could do in them or even metal gear solid one on the playstation one um but yeah um i feel like though that when Kojima releases a kind of a bombshell with Death Stranding, you know, because no offense, Death Stranding was... A lot of it felt like forced exposition, and it felt like the characters were detached from the player. It feel, it For me, it feels like, although they had a lot of that kojima feel with like you know some of the things that he threw in the game like uh one of the characters doesn't like if you stare at their crotch for a few seconds um but uh um i feel like some some of the dialogue was too uh too forced exposition without giving any context or letting the player know what that thing is um, among other kind of terrible gameplay aspects. But even if he releases a bombshell like that, some people still praise Death Stranding. You know? So yeah, I do know that Death Stranding, the newer version that came out for it for like the PS5, PS4, I believe they added more like action-based segments to the game too, from what I understand too, as well. But that's for a whole other story. Oh, yeah, certainly. But back to the uh, Game Awards, though, yeah. I do get what you're saying. Like, um, 
they're although I honestly I feel like the game awards isn't something to take seriously because a lot of stuff you can kind of just you can kind of see where it was you know it's like seeing uh critic scores on video games yeah they do not match the user scores because these critics don't really play the game or are gamers like us yeah the one thing to keep in note though that the game awards is important for one reason whatever game wins game of the year they can put down the box art and advertise, yo, this is the game of the year. Go buy it. This is the best game of the year. Go buy it. Oh, yeah, certainly. So, and while the Game Awards has been a show that sometimes has a mixed bag, it's usually a time of celebration. But unlike that time of celebration, it does not compare to the mess that is Activision Blizzard. Oh, yeah. You thought Rockstar was bad? No, this shit's much worse. Not only do their games suck, but their uh, their employees do too. Now we've known this since since the early days of Godcast. Yep, all the way back in episode four. So if you haven't, you know, seen that episode, I would highly encourage you to check out episode 4 and many of the episodes that we've had throughout the entire series that detail Activision Blizzard and their vets because mm-hmm. when we had to go through for this whole thing it's just fucked up I still remember back in episode 4 when myself and Alpaca were talking about everything and we were just joking around about everything but then once we started going on a deep dive we were like oh Oh, yeah, I, no. I, I felt really terrified almost like I was like, I felt like I was making fun of something that I didn't know about. And then when I found out that, like, this Activision Blizzard stuff isn't as bad as just, oh, they're drinking during working periods. And that's why the game has like, that's why one of the guns can shoot through solid like tungsten um no, they're like, they're getting drunk and doing heinous shit. You know, they're like, and, and they're forcing people to drink or some like, just crazy shit. And oh, that that was that was a hard episode to like finish off on because I felt like I I I felt like we were like, oh wow, you know, and then. Like I kind of I took this stuff very personally because it, it, it uh, honestly it's oh, it's not a good thing. No, it's it's not a fucking it's it's a it's a f- difficult thing to tread on. In, is, in my opinion, it is like I feel because it's it's a very personal thing. It is know? like our their games have impact us. Like I mentioned that in episode four, like. I played World of Warcraft. That's a game that they made. And Overwatch, I played Overwatch. And they're the publishers. They're the ones that publish and own the rights to the Guitar Hero franchise. And that's a series I have loved for a very long time. And they also own Tony Hawk Pro Skater. And they currently are have Spyro and Crash Bandicoot, two beloved platforming icons, in hostage. Yeah, and... Not to mention that Activision is completely just a Call of Duty machine at this point, and 
I I definitely loved the Call of Duty franchise, but nowadays it's it's become this uh, money machine. So, uh, but on top of that, now not only do I not want to play it because the games don't seem as intriguing to me or as like you know i actually enjoy playing this game it now it's just now not only that but there are scumbags who are the leaders of this game you know these are the people that the higher ups and they're taking advantage of their wealth leadership and success and doing this shit to people who just want to fucking get by in California, you know? Mm-hmm. California is a difficult state to live in because there's a lot of fucking... Oh, God, it, it's a difficult place to live in if you don't already have a great job or something to fall back to, I swear, you know? Yeah, the real estate cost over there is ridiculous for no reason. It's kind of yeah. sad. But let's get to the... First article that we have up that of the so- never-ending saga at this rate, because it's uh, yeah, it's gonna live with them for a long time. Mm-hmm. So first, we have to talk about how Activision CEO Bobby Kotick, who both of us hate at this point, allegedly knew about the sexual conduct for years. Yeah. And the thing that sets it off is that there's a there was a report at the time that alleged that not only had Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotick been aware of sexual misconduct claims within the company since 2018, the thing that sets it off is he reportedly told his assistant that he would have her killed in a voicemail left in 2006. And that a report by the Wall Street Journal, which we were going to actually read off this link, but it didn't work for us, alleges that in 2018, Kodak was informed by email that a female employee had been raped in 2016 and 2017, pressured by a male supervisor to drink too much alcohol within the office and other work events. The victim reached out reached an out-of-course settlement with Activision. However, Kodak did not tell Activision's board of directors anything about the settlement or alleged rape. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. This is... You know, this is the... This really says a lot, you know? You know? Um, along with him intervening on one of the co-heads of uh, Treyarch, Dan Bunting. Yeah, the, it um, mentions this in the article down below. It's like, it has, it's also for the Kodak intervention to prevent Treyarch co-head Dan Bunting from being fired after he was accused of sexual harassment in 2017. And just the fact that, um, you know, Jen O'Neill, um, the fact that she actually stepped down back in August and 
what was it? Um, give me one second. Yeah, the article that's mentioned down here, it's like the, the oh, last yeah, paragraph here. It says, in August, Jen O'Neill, who stepped down as Activision Blizzard co-head just months after taking the job, expressed concern with a member of Activision's legal team, stating that it was clear that the company would never prioritize our people the right way. O'Neill also said she had been sexually harassed earlier in her career with an Activision and that she was paid less than fellow co-head Mike Ibarra. In the email, O'Neill added that she had been tokenized, marginalized, and discriminated against. Yeah. Um, but it's just... This guy still has weight in the company and that's the worst part you know this is somebody who it says in the article that if he was terminated mm-hmm. he would still make to a little under no no um he would still make a little over 2000 uh, it's in total 2000 uh uh, no, $264,524 in U.S. dollars, even if he got terminated. So he still has weight around, you know. Yeah, $292,970,341. For right now, as a CEO. Mm-hmm. It says, as high by Steven Totila on Twitter, Cook stands to make a maximum of €218,109,094.62 out what the hell that is. But just think about that. It feels like it's like he it, it, it comments in the tweet there. If you thought Bobby Kotick's 2020 income of $155 million was big, you should see what he'd make if Activision replaced him. Yeah. Oh. So essentially, if he gets fired, yeah, it says if terminated by Activision Blizzard for cause, Kodak will still be paid $264,524. But still. Like, what? He's gonna, he makes more money from being fired than being the head of the company. And on top of it, too, he's been getting away with all this shit for all these years. That's just disgusting. I just... I I don't get it. You know? This is the perfect fucking scam, you know? Yeah. And it sounds like he, get, he gets he gets fucking fired, and he still makes, you know, millions. Yeah, you know. And it's I didn't hear you speak. You you were probably speechless by reading all of that, or hearing this. Yeah, no, I I've been trying to say stuff. It's just, you know, and, and this guy's gonna get away with it. With the, um, with that, you know, mm-hmm. he, he, he's gonna, you know, he's gonna get away with it. He's 
you know, he's not gonna... I don't think he's gonna go to jail. I think that... You know, I think that... He's gonna walk away, you know, with... You know, he might have a tarnished, you know, record, but... I don't think that means shit to him. He's got all the money in the world to make him happy. And he can continue to do that stuff, I think. Mm-hmm. You know? Honestly, I don't think that there's a way out of that, you know? I don't. I think that it's quite obvious that, uh, you know, I think it's quite obvious that... <sighs> Yeah. And to continue <laughs> further, yeah, just to continue further, the next day afterwards, there were calls for Bobby Kotick's re- resignation as employees staged a walkout. So, remember from episode four, there was a walkout that happened. Mm-hmm. Well, now there was a, now another one happened. And they mentioned a couple updates in this article since then. For instance, how advocacy group ABK Workers Alliance recently published a document signed by 500 employees called for codex removal as CEO of Activision Blizzard. And on November 17th, game developer report that Activision Blizzard leadership continues to stand by and battle CEO Bobby Kotick during an all-hands-on meeting today. Execs also answered pre-screen questions from employees. So, in other words, despite all this shit happening, as of that day, November 17th, the, the board, you know, the executives are still by Bobby Cox's side. And the updates keep continuing here. Like, so, essentially what happened is that a group of shareholders led by Union Pension Group SOC Investment Group called for a resignation of Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotick at a time of two other board, other members of the board of directors. The problem is that while it's good that you see that board is happening, we'll see another thing mentioning too. According to Jason Schreier, who's been a very big, you know, gaming journalist within the industry. Um, he mentioned that they only have a very small stake in the company. But even if their stake is really small, the fact that, you know, a small stake is, you know, involved. Yeah, look at this. This group, SSC, owns only 4.8 million shares or just 0.6% of Activision Blizzard. So this group, while it's good to see that there's some people that are wanting to get some pressure, they only own less than 1% of the share of the company. Okay. But yeah. But it gets... Oh, this is all the same thing we covered earlier. But anyways, yeah, just another reminder that, you know, more than 800 Activision Blizzard employees and contractors have signed a petition called for CEO Bonnie Kotick to get, remove a CEO. And they even mentioned here, 
We, the undersigned, no longer have confidence in leadership of Bobby Kotick as the CEO of Activision Blizzard. The information that has come to light about his behaviors and practices in the running of our companies run counter to the culture and integrity we require of our leadership and directly conflicts with the initiative started by our peers. So, yeah, like, again, it's baffling. It is. Like, this guy is still in power. He's still doing all this stupid shit. And not only do we have his employees criticizing him, but now you're starting to get some of the heads involved. For instance, Sony Jim Ryan was also critical of Activision Blizzard's response to Kodak Report. And Jim Ryan... As mentioned, we do not believe their statement of response properly addressed the situation. And additionally, too, in the aftermath of the Wall Street Journal article, the Activision Employee Group ABK, yep, we already mentioned that, but it says, additionally, the Twitter account for Activision Blizzard Studio, Toys for Bob, posted on Twitter using the ABK Workers Alliance preferred hashtag saying, Today and always, we stand in support of women and all of our fellow co-workers at Activision Blizzard. We must build a better ABK. It's like, even their studios are getting fed up. And Toy for Bob is the makers of, like, the studio that starts off, like, Crash and Spyro. Yeah. And to see this shit happen, it's just fucked up. It is. And not only that, but remember that lovely guy Phil Spencer we talked about? That beautiful man that wants to preserve gaming as much as he can? Mm-hmm. Even he has mentioned stuff, another private report to his employees. He said yeah. that yeah, it says Bloomberg is now reporting that Microsoft boss Phil Spencer has now told staff he was disturbed and deeply troubled by the horrific events and actions at Activision Blizzard. And Microsoft is, get this, evaluating all aspects of our relationship with Activision Blizzard and making ongoing proactive adjustments. And even then, a Microsoft spokesperson told The Verge that that report was accurate. So, yeah, like, you have two of the... Ma- at the So now we're at the point in which two of the major first-party companies have made statements about the situation. Yeah. This could mean... Yeah. Yeah. This this goes to show that... That, you know... I mean, at least... At least they're looking into it, you know, and not gonna... You know, they're not just gonna... You know, walk by it and be like, oh, well... You know, money, 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 you know? Mm -hmm. It's interesting... You know, Xbox is, you know, to to kind of go back to what we said with about uh, Xbox, I know Xbox hasn't always been the most inclusive place because, you know, there is, you know, um, the whole meme about Modern Warfare 2 lobbies and stuff. Um, But uh, this kind of just... You know, I mean, I'm glad that they're thinking about it. They're looking back at it a little bit, you know. Uh-huh. And they're kind of reassessing 
what Activision Blizzard is. You know, they're kind of just seeing it for what it is and not just going blindly into it and just accepting this or that, you know? Um, I still do wonder what Sony's going to do about their exclusivity with Activision. wonder if they are really going to do the same thing about reassessing like Microsoft is, you know? Yeah. Yeah, we're going to have more things to show soon. But I know that our next article with a talk about relating to this is that yeah. Activision, after those two companies made their statement, Activision responded to the criticism from Sony and Microsoft. Yeah. And it says Activision had responded to the comments from both Sony and Microsoft heads. Yesterday, Jim Ryan said he would disheartened and frankly stunned to hear on the state of Activision Blizzard today. Phil Spencer went further, saying he is evaluating all aspects of Xbox relationship with Activision. The response comes way, by way of on GameIndustry.biz, who posted the quote from Activision on Twitter. It's very typical non-answer that doesn't really tell anything. Simply stating, we expect all feedback from our value partners and are engaging with them further. That's all that was said. Yeah, I'm sure. <sighs> like, that definitely is PR speak. Like, it's not, like, fully stating what's actually going on. Like, oh, my God. Yeah, that's... Wow. They they didn't even fucking try. <laughs> Holy shit. Can you rephrase that in a sentence that you that we'd understand? You know, like uh, tell us, you know, fucking what what is that meme? Uh, like, oh god, how do I say it? Like, um, tell us that you don't give a flying fuck without telling us you don't give a flying fuck. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Like, jeez. They can't even fucking, you know, they, they can't even say it in a way that doesn't sound like they're just, oh, yeah, we're, we're acknowledging it. We're not actually going to give true feelings about it, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, it's, wow, it's just been awful. And it continues yeah. on. There's more to this whole story. There's quite a bit more. Oh. Uh. Whether we want to admit it or not, there's more. Yeah, no, it's it's not that I'm. It's just goddamn, you know, so fucking slimy. Yeah, and now we have now the next article we have here is saying that Actman Blizzard CEO will consider leaving if problems aren't solved quickly. Spoil alert: they're probably not going to get solved very quickly. And spoiler alert: he's not going to leave. At all. You know, he's not going to leave. He's not going to solve them. He's not going to leave if they don't get solved quickly. Yeah. Cause, like, yeah, because mentions in this article on Engadget, it's the fourth to last one. Cause we're actually almost the end of this whole Activation Blizzard stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, That Kodak held a meeting last week involving senior leadership at Blizzard Entertainment, in which case he said he was ashamed of some of the incidents that occurred at the studio under his tenure as CEO. He reportedly went to apologize for his handling of the current situation as after he was told some employees would not be satisfied unless he were to resign. According to the journal, 
Kodak left open the possibility of a resignation if he couldn't fix the company's problems with speed. Oh, really? Yeah. So, yeah. Spoiler is probably going to be that that the board of executives, however, are going to... All they need is money. They only care about the money. And so, Truly. And if, as long as this person is still CEO of the company, mm-hmm. then they're going to lose their bottom line. Yeah. There, there's... There's no reason to kick him out because it generates too mo- too much money to really, you know, to really be a... Morally, it's bankrupt, but hey, at least they're not going to be physically bankrupt. Am I right, you know? Uh, lol. Um, but this is not time for joking. It's a time of... No, seriously, but that that's literally what their fucking issue is, is that if it's morally bankrupt, at least it's not physically you know, monetarily bankrupt, you know. Being literally bankrupt is worse than morally to these fucking people, you know? Exactly. And after all this happens, then Nintendo announces their statement. Oh, Nintendo. You haven't released a COD game in years. Or uh, on, on your devices. Sorry. <laughs> all right, what's Nintendo got? So, oh, same thing as Sony, distressing, disturbing. Like, uh, oh my God, wow. Yeah, so this is what it says here. Along with all of this, is from Doug Bowser, who is the CEO, who's the president of Nintendo America. Yeah, but as it says here, along with all of you. I've been following the latest developments with Activision Blizzard and the ongoing reports of sexual harassment and toxicity as a company. I find these accounts distressing and disturbing. They run counter to my values as well as Nintendo's beliefs, values, and policies. And later, it also says, though without detail, Bowser also also has representatives at Nintendo, have been in contact with Activision, have taken action, and are assessing others. I see. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can only assume that that him and um, further representatives are just discussing, uh, just d- discussing such such this such as this like stuff, you know. <sighs> They're just for fuck's sake. It's 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 just scary, you know. It is, and it's... later on, it also mentions that he does, however, make mention of the ESA. A we all know who they are. As his mm-hmm. Bowser says that Nintendo has been working with ESA as of at least last week to straighten stances on harassment and abuse in the workplace, and the ESA must hold its members to the highest standard. Every company in the industry must create an environment where everyone is respected and treated as equals, and we all understand the consequences of not doing so. So, so. translation: Yo, you shouldn't be doing this. Fuck off. Yeah. 
which yeah it's like Nintendo takes is saying more what Microsoft says rather than what Sony says yeah the headline is and like the headline is very um mm. was very uh Sony like but when I explored further yeah like they're like like Nintendo is really like thinking like a lot on this like they're 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 really like oh god you know yeah and Nintendo is typically more a family friendly company so see like you know not having Spyro or Crash you know not really coming to Nintendo systems because I actually just want to push them to Call of Duty Exactly. It's kind you of know, um, aggravating Nintendo a bit as well, but. Mm-hmm. Anyways, we have another article, and we have a few more articles on this whole matter. And after the, all this happens with Nintendo, Activision's damage control reaches a sad new low, as this Kotaku article mentioned, and it says that. Faced with internal unrest, plummeting share prices, and a growing public relations disaster, the men and women at the very top Activision's Blizzard, the senior executives and board directors, should all be resigning. Instead, they put out a desperate press release in the middle of the night, announcing the formation of a Workplace Responsibility Committee. This committee will apparently oversee the company's progress in successfully implementing its new policies, procedures, and commitments to improve workplace culture and eliminate all forms of harassment and discrimination at the company. And they and get this, policies that reportedly won't retrospectively apply to the conduct of CEO Bobby Kotick. Of course. Of course not. <laughs> and it says that Activision had appointed the only two women on a top 10 person board of directors to lead this committee, and soon we'll be adding a new diverse director to that, that board to join them. And it says, the committee will require management to develop key performance indicators and or other means to measure progress and ensure accountability. The chief executive officer, Bobby Kotick, along with the chief people officer and chief compliance officer, will provide frequent progress reports to the committee, which will regularly brief the full board. The committee is powered to retain outside consultants or advisors, including independent legal counsel, to assist in its work. So the committee, consisting of two members of the board, which will brief the board, of which Kodak is a member, and outside advisors can be consulted, but there's no mention of input from Acton Blizzard's nearly 10,000 strong workforce. And then it closes with, while a company with the board support has been making important progress to improve workplace culture, it is clear that current circumstances demand increased board engagement. Formation of the committee and additional future change will help facilitate additional direct oversight and transparency and ensure that the company's commitments to Activision Blizzard's workplace are carried out with urgency and impact. This has been a challenging time across the company, but the board is confident in the actions underway to set the company up for future success. So think of it this way. The company wants to control how this whole situation is going to get solved. Nothing with the employees' involvement. Nope, just the executives. 
Yeah. No, you can't fucking do that. You can't just fucking say, oh, yeah, we're going to handle this. But the adults are talking. Go back to work. Go do your homework, kiddo. You know, employees. Uh, the adults are talking in the in the meeting room, you know? Mm-hmm. That, that's literally what it is. And these are adults that don't have the mindset of a responsible adult that are telling the kids to go play somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. It pretty much is just like, hey, guess what? Um... We know you're dealing with a lot of this shit going on. We understand, but don't worry. We're going to take some time and solve it, and everything should be back to normal soon. But the problem is, is that you have these executives who all the employees are literally fucking despising right now. And, yeah, the first-party develop you know, system makers are also scrutinizing them. And it's like nothing gonna get solved until, you know, this continues. Because he mentions the board directors is made up of many of Kodak's old pals. Like, fucking serious. It, it's made up of his old pals, like people that, you know, that he knows. Will have his back at this at least at least out of you know at least one out of them will have his back on this and change the scene you know like I don't know yeah. it's like it's like it's like it's like watching um an infection spread and the person thinking that. They can fix it by drinking tea or something and not seeking medical help. It's like watching somebody think they're doing the right thing when they know they're imploding everything and just reestablishing the same fucking problem. Either on purpose or they just think, oh, yes, you know, this will work. Jesus yeah. Christ. And then the last thing I have to share about this is a reminder about what the ESA said, and that's harassment, abuse, or mistreatment of any kind in the workplace is unacceptable and must never be tolerated. When allegations arise, people impacted need to have their voices heard. Any allegations need to be acknowledged, thoroughly investigated, and addressed with the meaningful consequences. The vitality of our industry requires that everyone in the workplace and in our communities feel valued and respected. As an industry association, the ESA convenes its members member companies to create dialogue and shape action to ensure that these beliefs are realized. Whew. Jesus fucking Christ. That, it's, it really is just rough. Yeah. Like, believe me, we haven't been this saddened by anything else in this podcast since episode four when we first talked about this shit. 
America, we never had mm-hmm. many opportunities. We, we only had, this is the second giga time we had to talk about this whole Activision Blizzard shit. And just having all this in context just makes us feel more and more and more pissed off at what's going on. And we need to remind everyone again that we welcome everybody. Doesn't matter it, like what race, gender, ethnicity, religion, whatever. You're welcome into our community. And we hope that, you know, we can have you all by our sides and be good mentors and just provide the best amount of entertainment and commentary we can. But that's dark one. Somebody in the comments mentioned how when Kodak first came in at Activision, he was very like, you know, he would berate a lot of the people, a lot of the developers. He would make people break down and cry and, you know, fire them on the spot, apparently. Jesus Christ, that's awful. That just makes, not only do you have him already doing this shit, but he's also a hard ass on top of it. No. I don't want to work with something like that. Thank you. No. But to all the employees out there of Activision Blizzard, uh, we welcome you into our community still. We are on your side for this whole situation, no matter what happens. And we hope that by us talking about this and conversing about this, spread some light. Even if this video won't get many views. We hope Mm. at least another voice into the discussion is helpful. I hope so. Right. I, I, I just, I just feel bad for the people who can't get out of this, you know? Like, the people who, you know, have to, like, want to live in L.A. or California in general, and they live paycheck to paycheck because of the, you know, the fucking, like, I haven't experienced it myself, but I know that out there it's a fucking different ballgame. And, uh, man, I, I don't know. It's such a, it's fucking... It's just crazy, you know? It really is. I I feel bad for the people who are stuck in that position of having to live there under this company, under a fucking CEO who's such a scumbag and needs to be... Like, he needs to, like, be stopped. Like yeah. at this at this point, that like there's there's no recovery for because like like the the previous article said he can be fired with or without cause and still make above a million 
he can be on disability and make a million. <laughs> you know, he can be on God fucking knows what, and he'll be living the good life. And it, it won't, you know? Right. Like, for, for a fucking, you know... For a, you know, for a world that's like, you know, I don't know. I, I think of like, uh, I, I, I think of like, you know, the idea of power and stuff like that, you know, it's like, there's no, there's nothing, uh, once you have that amount of power, there's no way of stopping you from doing whatever the fuck you want. I swear. Mm -hmm. Like, I think, I think at this point, uh, Bobby Kotick could do something like beyond the pale and get away with it. Mm -hmm. And he would have enough money to back himself up. Mm hmm. I think he could do anything at this point and get away with it or just not give a shit, you know, like that, that's the type of fucking power I, I'm, a, I'm afraid of, you know? Yeah. It's just, it's a very fucked up situation. And like I said, a couple before we welcome everybody in this community. We won't try to harass you. We just wanted to be, be a part of our community and just try to form a, a, a good friendship with everybody. Yeah. And while the Trojan Dark Horse happens, we can now move on to some more brighter topics. Hopefully, yeah. Like, for instance, how Xbox Cloud Gaming is now available for Xbox consoles. Oh. Uh, yeah, so... Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I heard about this. You can basically stream the game, test it, mm -hmm. and then you can either refund it or download it and keep it, right? Kind of, but not really. So the way it works is that with your Game Pass oh. Ultimate subscription, what, oh, okay. the, what this allow you to do is essentially you can stream the game and then you could, if you like what you play, you can then uh, download the game or, or one of the biggest uses for it is that if there's a game that you know you like that you are going to download, right? Mm -hmm. You can then stream the game while it's downloading. Oh, um. Or this also can be used for like if you have an Xbox One and you want to say play Starfield next year, you can do so without having to buy a Series X. Oh, cool, cool. Um, but uh. Oh, I see. Um, if a friend sends you a multiplayer invite for a game you don't have installed, you can stream the game. 
Mm -hmm. Interesting. Nice. Um, I thought it was really going to be like a try and then download thing. I Though I, I do worry about streaming a game and then... Um, and then, uh, you know, downloading it as well. I'm, I'm kind of afraid that that might, like, make it absolutely useless unless you have, like, a a gigabit. Like, or no, not even a gigabit. A, uh, you know, a, a very fast, like, download speed. No, I get that, yeah. But, uh... That's definitely going to be more I, useful for fast speeds, but even then, this is still a very useful utility to have, like... The op, you can, oh yeah! Like the option of being able to do this is nice. Definitely. And that's all it really matters. And just to have it officially available is just very interesting to see what could happen from this. Like, like what? Like Halo Infinite right now is not part of this whole streaming thing because technically it's a free to play game. You can just download your Xbox or PC, call it a day, and we're going to talk about that pretty soon as well. Oh yeah. But it gets us thinking, though, like, this could, this has many uses. Like, certainly. Like, do you want to play a game and just not have to download it? Or you have an Xbox One, you still can't find a Series X or a Series S? Just do this for now until you can afford a Series S or a Series X, and then there you go. Mm hmm. Or do you want to do this? And there you go. And I think this is going to be a very useful application overall. And I'm just looking forward to, you know, possibly try this. Could I do this see at these, maybe? That'd be awesome. Yeah. But I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind trying it on the Xbox One, you know, just yeah. to see how it would hold up. Yeah. I would say in your case, you could definitely try Starfield on it. See how that runs. Definitely. Or maybe the medium even, because that's a Series X that's exclusive game, and that's on Game Pass. That's something you could do. But, while we have a cool new feature added, we also have a pretty interesting delay that happened. Oh, yeah. Um, Probably one of the biggest games in February. And that is, we have to talk about how Saints Row got delayed out of February. Mm. Now, for those who don't know, Saints Row has been a, you know, a GTA-like game. It's similar to Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. But the difference is that it takes, ever since like 2 and then... Then three, it gradually evolved into a more comedy-based GTA sort of game. Yeah, that's right. It eventually evolved into that, with three and four being the most wacky of the bunch. But this reboot, what's supposed to do is that it's supposed to go back more towards its roots, be a bit more of a serious game. So, okay. But the thing is that this game got delayed out of from February 25th of 2022 to August 23rd, 2022. And based on what I'm seeing here, even if this is meant to polish the game, this is actually a better move overall. I think so too. Because February is already packed as it already is. 
Mm-hmm. Elden Ring comes to mind too. That's a game a lot of people are looking forward to. Definitely. And there's many other games I can, I can't even count. It's just ridiculous. And yeah, it's that February is already a crazy month, and it's just like, why would you want to put your game in the middle of a crazy month where so many games being released when you could just shift it out, get it out of there? And have your game stand out a bit more. Yeah. And that's all to say about that. Yeah. Personally for me, um <clears throat> excuse me. Um personally for me, um I'm okay with it being delayed, but um I kind of I I wish that game developers or like, you know, the you know, the higher ups would stop making this like, <sighs> yeah, I wish they would like stop making dates that are very like difficult to achieve, I feel. Um, and I also wish they'd kind of release a little bit of gameplay just to show that they're not like delaying it because of other reasons like, uh, certain other games. <laughs> yeah. I know Saints Row actually has shown some clips of gameplay here and there, like in their trailers are all gameplay. A lot of it is gameplay footage. Okay. So there's like a few seconds, split seconds, where you actually see actual gameplay for the game. But They did respond to somebody who actually was asking the same question. Um, they said, you won't, you won't much time to wait for this. We will be showing more gameplay in the coming weeks. Okay. Good. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like, it seems like the social media is at least being transparent about what's going on. Yeah. But our next article we have to talk about, though, besides the fact that, you know, we have this delay, is the fact that. Sony is obtaining a patched patent for PS5 covers and skins. Get fucked, D. Brent. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, so beforehand, you know, Sony would file lawsuits or cease and desist orders for trying to get this thing going. Oh, yeah. And now it looks like Sony's filing a patent for the covers and skins that have been listened that, you know, they've been cease and desisting. So this could potentially hint at, you know, them trying this sort of stuff out on their own. However, this also could just be them covering their bases in case they have to do more lawsuits. Yeah, I guess. So it's like, um, it's hard to really say what direction this could go in. Honestly, the way I see it is they're trying to, like, find, yeah, like you said, I feel they're trying to, like, um... They're trying to prevent people from, uh, you know, making these aftermarket parts, you know, because um, I like that whole thing with D brands that happened weeks ago or I think last month. The, that was actually kind of hilarious how they were they were kind of pissed. I'm not sure if that was just their marketing sort of like because uh, I know D brand has this way of like. They have this, like, attitude 
and it's it's kind of like it's basically Wendy's if Wendy's was also trying to be edgy. <laughs> so um uh and that's that's not like a that's not to hate. I'm just saying that they try their best not to be like sensitive to people. Um <laughs> and uh when Sony did this I think they called them terrorists or something. And now what what ha what's happening here is like, I think they're trying their very best to prevent that from happening again. And I really wonder what Dbrand is thinking. Like, is this... Like, this is just an attack. <laughs> I swear. Um, I mean, hopefully they have some like vinyl covers because i know that like selling vinyl co covers for stuff is still a thing but yeah i i still wonder about that whole thing like making them a little bit off off brand looking would that change sony's opinion well that's what deep brand actually know. was doing over time they've been gradually trying to make them as different <laughs> as possible Oh, of course, I'm just saying, like, I know Sony's not going to back down because <laughs> no. they already tried once. Uh, that's whatever. I don't really care too much either way. doesn't affect me. I don't own a PlayStation. The most I care about is, like, D-Brand releasing a baby metal skin uh, faceplate. Anyways, um, got that lunchbox. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so, uh, shall yeah. I talk about Halo? Let's talk about baby metal and Rob Zombie roasting those fuckers. Anyway, sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if you go on our Discord, um, viewer. If you go on our Discord um, and check the meme session uh, uh, section, me and Hydro. So Hydro posted this this like screenshot from Facebook, and it was Rob Zombie with baby metal, and Rob Zombie was like ripping asshole with like the fucking you know people who were like oh, baby metal is in metal, <laughs> like oh my god, like they were like he was fucking. Like he, he was like burning them alive, and like I was like, I I made a meme, and basically it was a Glock being pointed at like a Heineken ad that had a squirrel screaming, and uh, it, I, I I don't know this fucking guy is like insane. He says that. Baby Metal wants, wants them, makes him want to kill things, and I was like, holy shit, dude, do you have, like, a fucking shed out back that has, like, a bunch of saws and rib, ribs spreaders or something? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Anyways, Halo Infinite, sorry. No, <laughs> Fucking insane-ass fucking people. Jesus Christ. Yeah, Alright, um... Discord description, yeah, please, please do so. We need, we want people to come in our community so we can do stuff. Yeah, certainly. Oh, before we get started, I just wanted to get us started on talking about our thoughts on Halo Infinite. So, Flip Alpaca, what have you been thinking of this game so far? 
It's a sheep. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so, uh, so it made me want to buy the Master Chief collection. Mm-hmm. And um, also, I actually love it so far. It is, you know, um, I really don't know how to describe it other than the fact that this game has... Like, I feel like I, I can play it for fun and not play it because, you know, oh, it's, you know, I I don't feel like I should play it and I'm forced to play it just to earn the stuff in the battle pass or whatever. Mm. I feel like I can play this game and have fun with it. That being said, um... It does lack a little bit of the amount of modes that I know Halo has had. Like, I know that there are a lot of... Um, I know it's practically kind of a beta, I and it's free. But they're also still allowing you to buy the Battle Pass. Um, which, you know... Uh, I don't know, but I mean, it's a free multiplayer. You don't have to pay anything, you, and you can just play and enjoy it. There is no advantage to any of the things. It's all cosmetic. It pretty much has to be nowadays, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and besides the slight issues with the with the PC edition, like having to set your frame rate, um, the minimum. You either turn it to 120 or off, I think. I'm not too sure. There's a few, like, minor issues um, that I've, I've ran into, like it crashing sometimes, or there's a few things you need to do. Like, you know, um, if you have a graphics card that is not 4K capable in video games, or it can do 4K textures, but, you know, you're... I don't know, you, you, your card just can't handle it sometimes, or the reason why the performance chugs is literally because you need to disable the 4K textures. And there's also a few other small crashes, you know, but... Um, other than those little bugs, the launch has been relatively um, great. And besides the lack of content, which it's a beta, I guess... Um, but I'm not going to really excuse that in a sense because there are some betas out there that are not really betas, you know, but this is an actual beta. I feel, I feel, and I feel like they actually tested most of the actual game during the beta. Like they tested connections and ping and sort of stuff like that to tweak it further like they did betas for actual beta testing not just to play the game early and then release the game later on with you know um but loving it so far they added a few things like fiesta that would you know spice up some of the gameplay but in general it's a little lacking on the game modes but other than that it feels like a it feels 
like a fun game and I love the time to kill. I love the fact that it's very long and that it's very difficult to actually kill an enemy. So you have to be on target a lot of the time. Of course, you get more health and it's a little easier to not die. But if you are not fast enough and you are on tar not on target enough, like you, you could like in Call of Duty, you twitch aim and you kill people and they melt and they die. Um, but in Halo, you have to get on target as fast as you can. You don't have to, you know, twitch over to that guy and shoot him and he dies instantly. You know, it's not about reaction times that much. It's about your ability to stay on target and kill the kill the enemy, you know? Yeah. So, I do love that, you know, compared to what I'm used to with first-person shooters. Um, I, I know that Halo has never been a, a great game when it comes to the uh, gunplay, when it comes to, like, uh, the weapon, like, uh, not not the gunplay, but the, uh, it's never been a great game when it came to the amount of weapons that you have at your disposal. There's a lot of energy weapons, a lot of, um, a lot of ballistic weapons, but they're limited to, you know, uh, uh, a scoped carbine, a regular, you get the MA40, um, and then you start with a uh, pistol. Um, but I don't know. There's a few things like uh, dual wielding that I've seen in like 2 and 3, which were back, um, except for the Needler, you know, because uh, I know that's a, that's a fucking big other thing having dual wield needlers um, which they had actually remove out of the fucking game apparently according to hydrowave oh, that's insane um i do wish that they at least added the another smg so you don't feel like you have to rely on the needler for close range battles you know but uh i don't know besides all of this I'm going to be completely honest, though. I, it is a fun game. And it's definitely worth a download and a try. But if you are looking for, like, if you're looking for more than just um, capture the flag, uh, domination, and uh, team deathmatch, along with some other... Uh, some other small little modes like uh there's one called oddball where somebody holds a, a skull and camps in a corner and you score points per second i think uh that's quite uh it's quite a quite an annoying mode because uh, you really need the entire team to flush them out so yeah, yeah. anyways um that's my thoughts go you can go ahead hydra i don't want to take the state too much you know no, no, it's fun. After all, you we are teaming together for this, and we want to get both our thoughts out there. But my thoughts on Halo Infinite course, course. are, you know, the gameplay is perfect. Like, a lot of people will say that, you know, this is a return to Halo, and I largely agree with this. I mean, I have played Fit of Five, and it is fun, but it does feel like coming back to Halo Infinite after skipping out mostly on 4 and 5 
even though I know I probably like those games. It uh, yeah. just feels like going back to Halo again. It just like it just feels classic, and I like that about it, with some modern twists to it. Like, yeah, I, I'm not into I'm not into as much of the first person shooters as like say Alpaca is over here, but I do, do play some every now and then. Like I. I'm not the biggest Call of Duty guy, per se. Like, I'm not the biggest expert in shooters, but I could say that it just feels like classic Halo has returned a bit. I do have to say that the Battle Pass, the progression is tedious, because I, I actually bought the Battle Pass. Yeah, I forgot to mention, yeah, but the Battle Pass, yeah. That's what I... Yeah. The, the progression of the Battle Pass does feel slow, and even though we will talk about what... 343 has done to try and alleviate it, I feel like the it's not enough. And also, another thing I have to mention too is that, you know, there are some guns that I've noticed from like Halo 2 and 3 that are missing. And another thing I mentioned, too, another thing that worth mentioning too is that since I had skipped out practically on ODST 4 and 5, the lack of dual wielding seems awkward. But I have read up on this, like, why had they removed dual wielding, and supposedly the reasoning for it was because it was more difficult to balance it. Yeah, I see. It is kind of difficult to balance having two weapons, because, like, there's no aim down sights in Halo. There's a little bit of it, but there's not a lot of aim down sights like type of weapons there's weapons with sights on them that technically you could aim down but the most you got in infinite and five had some adsing but that's just because it tried to imitate cod i feel this one has more of just a zoom in sort of um feature yeah. um a slight zoom, but it's nothing crazy. Yeah, I, I feel like with dual wielding, um, the only way to really balance it would just to literally make it more difficult to like get on target. Because with ADS in COD, you're a hundred percent on target. Um, and with a lot of games that introduce dual wielding. It's more like you don't fire straight as much. You fire off to the side a little bit. Two, like, but I feel like with Halo, they should have done, um, you know, the reason why people ditch dual wielding in real life is because one accurate gun that you can keep a sight on. So two wasted shots is worse than one accurate shot, you know? So that that's what the idea is. You'd rather have two is better than one, but if two is is inhibiting your ability to perform, why even have the second one when you could aim down slice with the first one sort of thing? Mm -hmm. That's the only way I could really see it is like take the spread of what the needler has and like times it by two, I feel. But even then, then it'd be useless. Why would you want to do a world? But uh, maybe I do gotta say like, that maybe we're like one point two five or one point five at the at least. Yeah, because I feel like the Mark Fifty sidekick in the in Infinite, it's overpowered if you know how to 
you know, if you know how to use it, honestly. Aim for the head. <laughs> honestly. Yeah. There's one guy who was mopping the floor with my entire team with just the pistol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pistols have historically been pretty powerful in Halo, though, so... Um, I see. Another thing, I I do wish there was a mode select of some kind. Like, just being able to just go to a menu, like, okay, you have your quick play for, like, your standard quick play, but then you have a menu beneath it. It's like, oh, mode select. You tap mode select. It's like, okay, I just want to play Team Slayer. Boom. I want to play Stronghold. Boom. Like, that would be simple enough. Because you still have your standard quick play just right there. It's a your random matchmaking. Mm. And there's a uh, thing down below. It's like, oh, hey, you could select your mode. And there you go. At least that. A checkbox system where you can just oh, I just want to play Stronghold. That would be preferred, but it, at least just give me an option to select a game mode. Definitely. And obviously this will go for casual and ranked. Because ranked has three modes as well. Yeah. And obviously, you know, I understand if they're going to keep it more basic because Halo has, you know, a lot of Halo's modes have been derivatives of the main modes. Mm -hmm. So like Fiesta, which is a version of Slayer, you know, it does make sense to have them as a more of a limited time special event sort of thing. Like, Here's how we're going to celebrate. We're going to add Fiesta yeah. as a mode for a limited time. <laughs> for me, that makes sense. Just having a limited That's time nice. thing. Like, hey, you know, we could introduce this mode as like a quick play option, but do it this way for a limited time. You get bonuses and stuff. I mean, if they could add some of these modes back in over time through these Fracture events, which, again, we'll talk more about that soon. That would be a huge help. Certainly. Um, and another thing I noticed, too, is if you look through the Battle Pass at all, Halo Infinite, there's a lot of XP boosters and challenge swaps. And it feels like there's not enough armor customization pieces per armor set. Oh, yeah. No, certainly. I feel like... Um, I, I do feel like, yeah, there's not a lot of um, customization. There's mostly just... Um, I feel like... Like, I think the only customization that I've unlocked so far... Um, is like the uh, shotgun sort of caddy in, in your um the front uh, uh shotgun vest. Um, that's pretty much the only thing I've unlocked so far that I feel like was cosmetically, you know, I could, you know. And even then, I had to buy the battle pass to unlock it. So I was like, <sighs> you know, I'm going to grab the battle pass, but. Yeah, there's uh, a premium you know. battle pass that just contains some XP boosters. And the regular battle pass, it's like 10 to 15 bucks. Yeah, I'll probably grab the premium one just because, um, 
it's 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 there throughout the life cycle. So yeah, it's literally fuck the it's literally fuck the fuck three four three for making the progression seem so stingy. But I shouldn't really say I, I shouldn't really say it that way because that then it comes off that I absolutely hate three four three, but I really don't. They're just doing the best they can, trying to adapt Halo. Like, how do you make a mode that historically has been a free to play mode? Like not free to play, but but a part of the main package, and make it a free to play standalone experience. Yeah, that's kind of a tough challenge to go by. Definitely. But well, while we ha- are on the subject of you know tough struggles with adapting to free to play style multiplayer. Let's actually get to the Halo news articles here that we have. And I'm going to start off by talking about the fact that when we were talking about the Battle Pass progression, uh, roughly like a day or so after, you know, the thing was out, the Halo support Twitter mentioned this. Halo Infinite players can now earn XP by completing match-made games. The play one game daily challenge is worth 50 XP each. The challenge deck is also being updated to better serve players of all skill levels. The Halo Infinite team has also resolved issue with the following challenges, which were causing progress to not be tracked. Heat of the moment, it bears repeating. Jorge would be proud and ultra tech. Additionally, XP boosts will now last for one hour rather than 30 minutes. The in-game tooltip may continue to show 30 minutes as their expected duration, but the Deuce timer will start from 60 minutes once activated. As all the changes, all progress on daily and weekly challenges will need to be reset. However, all players who signed in between November 23rd and through the 30th will receive this week's ultimate reward, the Sigil Mark 7 Visor. So in other words, what they did was they noticed a lot of the complaints and like, hey, we're going to get on this right away. And we're gonna we're gonna try and address this. However, I feel like just adjusting the values and adjusting the challenges is not enough. You need to at least get a couple points or something per kill, yeah. or something like you get this amount of experience after completing this match. Like, obviously, you you do the play one game daily challenge that does something like that, but there needs to be an additional experience like you get this many points for scoring a double kill, this many points for doing, you know, things that actually impact the flow of the game. Mm-hmm. And I feel like those badges should have, you know, that get some use. Like, you have two double kills. Cool. You get this amount of battle pass experience. You get this amount of, like, killing sprees. Cool. Maintain that. Like, I, if, if you're not, I mean, in a perfect world, you'd also get experience for per each kill, but at least get, like, experience points per each badge that you gain at the end of a match. Yeah. I feel like that would go a long way than just the missions. It is a good step, but it is not enough. No. 
you know, it it, it kind of just, I, I don't know, it feels like score is useless. You know when you get score for killing people? And, like, score for, like, you playing the objectives? <laughs> yeah. That does nothing. You still get 50 at every match. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like, you know, if you lose, you should get, like, you should not get what you scored, and you should get what you scored if you win, plus 50, or maybe even make losing, like, you get 50, and winning, you get 100, and then whatever you scored, I guess, I don't know. Or what would make sense is that, like, you still get the 50 points, no matter what, because they technically have it's a daily challenge for right now. Just keep it at that. And then what you do is that if you win, you get that plus whatever percentage of your score it is. So, like, say, I don't know, like, 50%. Mm-hmm. If you lose, it goes down to, like, 25% or 10% or something like that. Yeah. So it gives a sense to be like, hey, um. Because if you put down the entire score, your match is going to go by way too freak. You're going to level up that battle pass way too freaking fast. And naturally, there needs to be a balance because they also want to sell you experience boosts. Yeah. I, I just feel like there should be something that rewards you for doing good in the game. You know? I hear you. Additionally... Uh, and other, before we move on to the rest of the multiplayer stuff, I just want to bring up that Halo Infinite's co-op campaign and the Forge is getting delayed again. And they're saying, and 343 Industries is saying that co-op will arrive in May 2022 at the earliest. Oh. Uh. So, wait, is co-op, like, different? What, why do they have to change? Co-op campaign. Is that going to be different from the base campaign, single player? They just want to make sure there's no, like, bugs or anything with it, like, people connecting in and everything like that. I see, because, like, you know, um, co-op campaigns in games usually just revolve around either story-based or the second player is just Luigi and has no bearing on the game. Like, on the story. Yeah. So, they're just trying to fix up bugs and everything that associated with having multiple players on screen, internet connection variability. That's probably what it's going to be used for. And they and Staten, who has been our, our favorite friend for 343, as mentioned, that the co-op for Halo Infinite has been playable for some time, but they want it to be a great experience. So like I said, it's probably going to mostly be used for like bug fixing and whatnot. I understand. Okay. Um, Fine by me. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned here we don't want just want to ship a campaign co-op that barely works. We want to ship a campaign co-op that's stable, that's robust, that's features that players expect. And they're doing some other things that we haven't talked about yet to really make meeting up with your friends and you're jumping into the game. Good, just not for campaign, but even better for multiplayer too. 
So they're going to try and find some ways to tie it in with multiplayer too, it seems like. Okay. Like, for instance, like, if you're in the same lobby in multiplayer, you can seamlessly transition that to a single player and vice versa. That's mm. at least how I can interpret that. Yeah, I think I, I think I get that. All right, that makes sense. Um, but bef- but now that we are done with this, as far as I know, unless you have other thoughts, uh, Forge. What about Forge? That also got delayed too. So they're saying that if it's another three months, right? Yeah. That could mean that the camp, the Forge, may not be a thing till maybe like July or August. Uh, that's a little. Huh. Because I know that Forge has always been a thing for Halo. Ever since 3, especially, yeah. Yeah. But once we get that moded, oh man, we're going to, we may have to jump back in whenever we get a chance for that one. Certainly. So, but anyways, but now we got that out of the way. Let's go back to the multiplayer progression. I know it's a little out of flow, but I have to do it this way anyways. Oh, it's okay. Um, so... The new event, you know, it's... The items you get from it are cool. The suit that you get is freaking awesome. Oh, yeah, I saw some people playing with that. It's like... Wow. Is this real? Sorry. However... There is a downside to it that the only way you can level up the ability to get that pass yeah. is strictly by getting the events specific to the, you get events that are specifically tied to the pass. So you get the free version, you can participate and get the armor. So the challenges that you see at the end of the screen that level up your battle pass periods or whatever yeah there be specific challenges that'll say hey win fiesta matches oh and then you go to the option that's in the main on the menu says fracture event you go there and then you select a play button so it's okay so it's it's pretty much so go ahead go ahead no you go ahead yeah um if you lost so it sorry <laughs> it's it's okay um so it's pretty much it it's kind of just forcing you to do challenges like um at specific times. Not specific time, but specific to that mode. Yeah, okay. So specific challenges only in that mode. So Exactly. You'd have to spawn in with the correct weapon. It's basically an extension of what is already happening with a lot of the challenges Um in the game itself already. Right? Kinda, yeah. Most of it is usually just complete this many fiesta matches. Okay, yeah. And you're good to go. I see. 
or get this many kill the power weapons because usually Fiesta you get small random weapons. Mm-hmm. So, but the thing is, is that yeah. So each challenge you successfully complete gets you another level. But another catch that you cannot use experience boosters towards the progression of that event. Oh. So when you get the the premium battle pass and those experience boosters, you can't allocate them to get yourself faster experience towards the event. Okay. It strictly only goes to the battle pass. Yeah. Which I feel that shouldn't have to be the case. Like, if you want to allocate experience your experience boosts to the, you know, the leveling system for the event, you should be able to do so. Mm-hmm. But, no. And on top of two, like I said, because it's only per event, that means if you get, like, seven events for the... You know, the challenge, that's kind of all you're really going to get. So they really are spacing out this entire fractured event. So they want you to come back to continue that pass again and again and again. Yeah. So. And, but while we were talking about weapons, Staten did confirm to Game Informer that more weapons will be coming in the game in due time. Oh, that's good. So he says, when asked whether or not Halo fans have been have seen everything there is to see from Halo Infinite's armory, Satan's response was pretty definitive. The answer is a resounding no, you have not. He confirmed before stating that it was a pretty safe bet to assume that more weapons will be coming to the game as time goes on. Okay. Right. <laughs> um. Anything else you want to say? I think I know I had a step. My headphones stumbled a little bit. <laughs> no, it's all right. It's all right. Um. Yeah, nothing really. Just uh. Yeah. Um. Just uh, yay, more weapons. But uh. You know. <laughs> I mean, just in Halo Infinite in general, is there anything else you want to say about this game before we move on? Not really, no. All right, cool. Nice. Uh, except I want to play it. Dude, Anyways. I feel you. I know. We have a very long episode of Godcast tonight. <laughs> Rip. Yeah. But, hey, at least we're getting closer. I mean, now all of our articles are, like, one link each now. Yay! <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Alright. And it's rapid fire. Exactly. At least if we could try and make yeah. it rapid fire. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Alright, cool. Bam, multiverse! <laughs> I like, verses. <laughs> Anyways, yes, our next topic is the fact that multiverses got announced, which is that 
Warner Brothers fight platform fighter that we talked about earlier before oh, that yeah. was heavily rumored. Now, mm-hmm. I, now I brought you to the website for this for this game, and I'm just gonna I'm probably gonna censor this birthday part out. I don't think I need people seeing my birth date. There we go. Perfect. All right. So let's take a look at this roster here. Like, what is this game? As like I said, it's a platform fighter with a bunch of Warner Brothers characters and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And the characters they revealed so far are Arya Stark from Game of Thrones, Batman, Bugs Bunny, Finn the Why does hum- Bugs look fucking weird? I have no idea. Uh, it looks like Sonic before the redesign. <laughs> the Sonic Boom one? No, he, he looks like Sonic from the movie before they redesigned him. Oh, like classic looks, Sonic? He, yeah, he has like, he, he has vertically like challenged eyes. Like, holy shit. Like, his his eyes are like, they look like um, Twinkies. I don't know. Right. Anyways, yeah, so Buck Bunny, we have Finn the Human from Adventure Time. Garnet, who looks like it's from Steven Universe, judging by the flowers, the, the flower stars. You got Harley Quinn, Jake the Dog, again from Adventure Time. Rain Dog, which I have no idea where he came from. You got Shaggy, Steven Universe, Superman, Tom and Jerry, and Wonder Woman. Now, the thing with Shaggy is kind of funny. Is they, they try to make him, from what I understand, I don't know if you know anything about the meme about Ultra Instinct Shaggy. Oh, I do. I do. Wholeheartedly. That's kind of what they based Shaggy's move set off of. They're capitalizing I can't on wait. I, I can't wait. I can't wait to see all the fucking compilations of... <laughs> Like, oh my god, I don't know. Like, fuck you, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I do know that this they game... Also... I... Imagine. <laughs> Sorry. No, Imagine. Can... Yeah. Get over here! Sorry. <laughs> uh, I know a good friend of ours wanted, you know, that character from Mortal Kombat, but who knows? Yeah. Um, but the thing is that's interesting about this is that this is supposed to be a more like 2v2 platform fighter. Oh. So I don't know if you know anything about Marvel vs. Capcom or anything like that. Uh, uh a little bit. Not really. So, pretty so much, it- yeah, the idea of these 2v2 fighter games is that like you play as multiple characters in a single okay. match. Nice. Okay, I see now. I know Smash Ultimate did a somewhat mode like this where they have like a mode. I forgot the exact name of the mode, but I know there's a mode in Smash Ultimate that is kind of like that. Squad mm-hmm. Strike, that's the name. That's right. Squad Strike. Where you can pick like different characters for each stock. Yeah. 
And as you kill one character, you immediately swap to the other character. But this game, it seems like from what I saw of the gameplay, it's kind of like each character is like ice climbers. Oh, okay. So you select two characters. Like, say, for instance, I wanted to be Bugs Bunny and Tom and Jerry. Yeah. The two characters essentially work in tandem. To do things. Or, in your case, you could do Shaggy and Bugs Bunny as well. And they could be a tag team. Okay. That's kind of how it works. Um, so apparently, Rhine Dog is actually from Multiversus. Yeah, I think I understand. It's he's an original character for the game. Yeah. Boy, I heard something about that. But every other character here is all Warner Brother Multiverse franchises and stuff like that. It's like DC characters, Warner Brother characters, etc. Yeah. But yeah, like, I mean, it's a decent roster so far for what this game is supposed to be. I mean, I'm not a movie nerd at all, so this is not, like, as attractive to me. I mean, it is free to play, though. So there's nothing really to lose to check it out, but most of the roster here is just, like, I don't really have a connection with both these characters. Besides, no. like, Bugs Bunny, Tom and Jerry... Shaggy a little bit. Yeah. Wait. Shaggy's real name is Norville Rogers? What the hell? I have no idea what that whole thing's about. But it's just like... I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> but it's like, I have some familiarity with, like, a, a good chunk of the characters, but it's just like, I am... I haven't really been up and overly connected with a lot of them. Yeah. Like I said, Tom and Jerry and Bugs and Bunny, Bugs Bunny, I think, are the two I've connected with the most. And if I were <laughs> to actually play the game, I'd probably do a duo with the with those two particular characters. Yeah. But I'm sure, for, like, I know we have a friend that, you know, would, you know, play this game a bit more often if the right characters got installed. Yeah. But... Like a certain someone who, uh, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, it's sorry. <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to remember how Johnny Bravo sounded, but, uh, okay. You, you get the impression. Yeah. But yeah, that's kind of what we're at right now. It's, it's, it seems like it's going to be a good game. I mean, I'm sure for those who are fans of these characters, this is going to be a very delightful game to play. <laughs> and it would be interesting to see what comes out of this game particularly because it does play quite a bit differently from other platform fighters from what I, I have seen yeah and that's kind of all I really have to say about it yeah pretty much I mean hey it's a fighting game with you know it's a another um, universe fighting game with characters of the same or of different universes colliding. Yeah. And stuff. It's another fighting game like that, like Marvel vs. Capcom and... Super Smash Bros. <sighs> especially, because that game is the ultimate crossover when it comes to video games. 
Oh, yes. But speaking of other things, let's talk about how Sega and clarified their deal with Microsoft. So, a lot, I seem like, I guess some people for some reason thought that this was a sign that Sega and Microsoft was going to, you know, be acquired, get acquired by Microsoft. But I don't think we necessarily said that would be, uh, yeah, necessarily the main goal for this. Like, yeah, there have been a lot of rumors that Sega would be bought by Microsoft, but it definitely seems like Microsoft is loaning Sega their Azure cloud platform to be able to make a better a super game, which we theorized in a prior episode. So go check that out too. Yeah, definitely. That was where. <laughs> yeah, that's where that came from, guys. Cause we just have to play Sea Man Breath of the Wild. <laughs> Breath of the Wild. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Um. Yeah. So pretty much, it says here they have all they have. Sega said. We already have a very close business relationship with Microsoft. We outsource the development of their large-scale titles as a third party. We are supplying a variety of titles. For do work on Halo Wars 2 and Age of Empire 4. When we announced this concept of Super Game, Microsoft was sympathetic to that vision, and that leads to the announcement of this time. About this, we are not talking about releasing games of Microsoft exclusively, but rather develop a super game that will be delivered to the world together with their technical support. So translation, no, we're not actually being bought by Microsoft. They're just letting us have technology to make our game better. Yeah. Which I see nothing wrong with that. It just means that we'll get a better C-Man. Yeah, we may just we, we may just um, but uh, eh. anyways you're not going to finish your semen um, breath of the wild rant so basically what they should do is they need to take the fish and they need to take the man and they stick the head on this fish and then we got the fish and then holy crap it has the the eggs of a man and the fish <laughs> <laughs> We basically got that all out of the way, dude. <laughs> Anyways, um, I don't know. Um, so basically, then, uh, Microsoft and Sega are basically the man in the fish, but who is the man in the fish? Who knows? I do not know, man, you know? <laughs> it's, it's really interesting, isn't it, bruv? Oh my god. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, anyways, um, but yeah, what if, what if the tail end met the head end? Oh my god, what the funny! Sorry. Mamma mia! <laughs> Sorry! Alright, um, I'm gonna shut up now. So, uh, I, I wonder if this has anything to do with, like, Xbox uh, Cloud, like the, the cloud stuff that we were just talking about. Yeah. You know, cloud gaming and stuff. I wonder, because what if the super game is basically just a stadium. Sorry, just kidding. Um, hey, who knows? Sega might be able to do something. They might... 
What if they make a brand new console and it comes preloaded with 25 games? Woo! <laughs> Which includes Seaman. Sorry. Um, anyways, um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, um, Azure is a cloud technology, so what this could mean that there could be elements where, while this is a local game, may re require an internet connection because it's going to be certain elements from the game that's going to need it. See, man, metaverse, dude. <laughs> Sorry. Dude, imagine that actually was the case where you have a freaking like, VR chat style see, man game. Dude, that would be so funny, lol. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Anyways. But yeah, this no, one that gets... would be so funny. Anyway, um, I don't know. Yeah. It's a fun thing overall. Our next... It'd be like watching PlayStation exist. Oh my god. Well, speaking of PlayStation, we have to talk about something here. And it's supposedly a next, you know, PlayStation thing that they're going to be doing is involving Chrono Cross. Oh, yeah. So yeah. what's supposedly happening is that Chrono is that... <sighs> is that PlayStation was set to announce a remake of a game this Christmas, which was based off a musician that was involved in the soundtrack. Mm. And, and they're thinking it's going to be Chrono Cross Remastered. And what's going to happen, it's going to be, it's supposedly it's going to be announced on PlayStation event, but it's going to be a multi-plat game that's supposedly going to be out on PC, PlayStation, and Switch. I see. Interesting. So I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind. Like um, a proper Chrono Cross remaster that was done. That's not like a certain other trilogy that we know of. Yeah, and one that uh, doesn't have a bunch of bugs at launch, even though it's a fucking SNES game, and you can't screw that up any worse. Um. Anyways. Oh, and it's also uh, one that doesn't have glass shards for rain. Thank you. Oh, yes, glass shards. And glass shards that are only visible if you're not already looking at water itself. Exactly. <laughs> um, but I don't know much about Chrono Cross that much, though. I've only played Chrono Trigger and barely enough of it, you know, to really... uh get an idea of it, you know. Um, yeah. All I know but, about uh, Chrono Trigger is, and Chrono Cross is that it has a Toriyama as like a character design, as like the character designer saying what, what Dragon Quest is. Yeah. And it, uh, and Chrono Trigger specifically is like a cult classic among RPGs because it's considered to be white considered I don't know why I can't speak. It's widely considered to be one of the best RPGs out there. Yeah, I, I think the groundbreakingness of it is that there was a lot you could do in that game that had minor, um, they, they have minor, like, uh, give me one second. Uh, there's minor things you can do in the game 
and they it's basically butterfly effect sort of stuff like uh if you steal something in that game um you'll get trialed for it years later as you warp through time and space i i don't exactly know like a lot about it because i've only played it once and it's a very long game anyways so <sighs> I, I haven't played through it fully so yeah that's one of those games that you probably wish you had more time to play and complete me yeah i do and i wish i had um the uh you know because i played it before and i tried to do it on my channel and that was during my whole like quitting period on youtube and stuff so right. i might return back to it but who knows of course anyways yeah so i don't think i have much else to say so while we're mm, nope. looking forward to a future with a remaster let's talk about how a beloved studio that knows how to make music is joining the massive fortnite empire <laughs> Oh yeah. Now we can play um now we can instead of playing Fortnite, we can play uh Fortnite Guitar Royale. Sorry. <laughs> you know that actually would be kind of cool like a music based battle royale sort of game where the idea is that like you're playing a rhythm game sort of thing. Uh, so I know kind of like uh uh what is it? Uh, Parappa the Rapper. Kinda. Yeah, it can do something like that, but the idea would be similar, more so to, like, Tetris 99 or whatever, where it's, like, the idea is that everyone's playing the same track, and, like, you can, like, send the garbage to other players. Oh. That could work. But putting it in a 3D environment like Fortnite works, too. That's even funnier. Oh, our team will work with Epic to create musical journeys and gameplay for Fortnite. Oh, yeah. That's Holy shit. Yeah, so Harmonics, the studio behind that created Guitar Hero, Rock Band, Dance Central, and other games, is joining Epic Games, which I found this to be a rather surprising announcement, to be honest. Because I wouldn't think Epic Games would want to go target a music developer. No. It, the only way I could see them doing that is just out of the fact that Fortnite has a lot of like um a lot of dances that involve copyrighted music and stuff I don't know yeah but guess with their you know experience with music games they can uh, rhythm games they probably want to implement it somehow and the thing yeah I, more than likely yeah the thing I love to see is if Epic Games, after the acquisition, get settled in, could start mm. financing like whatever Harmonix wants to get in terms of music. Like if I can get Metallica back and Rock Band, that'd be amazing. Oh yeah, I, I would. I would wonder if they could like, um. I, so I I know it says in the article that they're not gonna do any Guitar Hero sort of like, um like uh controllers or something yeah but i'd love i'd 
I'd love to see a like a very strange modern rendition of a Guitar Hero controller. <laughs> I don't know. Have you seen the Guitar Hero? The Guitar Hero Live controller? Uh, no. And it is, it is three buttons, two rows each. Three buttons per row and two rows. So it's six buttons. But what? it's three and three. Oh. It's, it was a very weird experience to get used to. And that was owned by Activision Blizzard. And because the way they handled the DLC was it's all online, you'll actually own it. They shut down the the main DLC server, and now it's like and now it's with a shitty pop set list only. Mm. But back to this though, um, yeah. So one of the things that a lot of people have been complaining about towards harmonics, they want instruments for Rock Band. Yeah. So a lot of people either have broken instruments or whatever for the game, and they want more instruments to be able to replace their broken instruments. Okay. And Armox still isn't doing it. Mm. They just keep releasing more DLC for the game to try to keep it relevant as much as they can. Yeah. I, I have songs I still want to buy for that game, though. That's the thing, though. I still have songs I want to buy for that game. I have like a 1,000 song library in Rock Band 4. It's disgusting. Mm. But <sighs> anyways, uh, yeah, and the fact they're going to put them to Fortnite as well is going to kind of be a shame in some way because that means they're splitting up harmonics. Like you're going to have like Skeleton Crews working on Rock Band and everything. And then you have another crew that's going to be working on Fortnite integration. Yeah, basically what Activision did, but in a sense, it's not all relegated to one specific thing, but things are kind of a little, uh, you know, a little meh, you know, things are a little, you're splitting the workload a little bit more because now it's like, yeah, but however, I do know that it seems like Epic Games hasn't really touched Rocket League too much in Psionics. From what I understand, because Psionics and Rocket League gets like one of the biggest esports out there, they're like, nah, we don't want to disrupt this. Mm hmm. Like, okay, we just need to leave Psionics alone. We'll put them our, we'll move them over to our launcher. Besides that, we'll leave them alone mostly because. Rock League's big. Yeah. Harmonix, on the other hand, is a lot smaller of a team. They focus on a more niche genre, which is music games. So I could see why they want to integrate some of their knowledge of rhythm games into Fortnite. Mm-hmm. And notice how in the article it states here, where is it? Get this. Now we'll be working with Epic once again. Okay, now we'll be working with Epic to once again challenge expectations as we bring our unique brand of musical game experiences to the metaverse. And we couldn't be more excited. 
knows the keyword. Metaverse. Seaman edition. <laughs> but yeah, metaverse. Uh, yep. To be that fair, word is going to be tossed around a lot, I know. Yeah. To be fair, Fortnite kind of has evolved into a metaverse. Yeah, I guess so. Because they took off Among they took They copied the Among Us mode. Uh-huh. And now they're going to keep... I feel like Epic's going to keep doing with Fortnite. They're going to keep adding on modes and modes and modes of various different genres to kind of make Fortnite more of a hub of modes. Yeah. Like, I think they... It's, I'm surprised that they still haven't finished implementing Save the World to other versions of the game. Because I know that Switch is and Switch and Mobile is still Battle Royale only. As far as I know, maybe they have the Among Us ripoff in there, but as far as I know, they don't have that mode. Which mm. is a bit bizarre to me, at least. Yeah. And, yeah, I think it's about it. We have to talk about Epic Games. And while, you know, Harmonix is absorbed by Epic Games, and we all know how much we hate Bobby Kotick and Activision Blizzard, Alpaca, take this article away. Okay. So, um, so, so uh, uh, let, let me just like, uh, uh, give me, give me one second. Let me just look at the history of this uh, whole, uh, uh, you know, uh, Blizzard thing. Uh, okay. So you go on Blizzard CS, the Americas. Scroll down a little bit. Um, all right, so 23rd, 24th. Okay. Uh, we're currently investigating an issue affecting our authentication servers, which may result in failed or slow login attempts. And then November 24th. We are currently experiencing a DDoS attack, which may result in high latency and disconnections from some players. We are actively working to mitigate this issue. And then a little bit later, they say that they ended. Um, and uh, they actually started up again, I think, like uh, three hours later. Um. It's actually kind of, um, you know, it was actually kind of like, uh, it, it was it was a bit annoying, I guess, because uh, at that point, um, somebody, um, somebody that wanted to play it, um, was uh, at my house, and you know they wanted to play it, and then um, they couldn't. So we had to download another game and play it for have them play it, and uh, yeah, uh, all I can really say is that uh, they um, they definitely angered somebody who has sent uh, a, a bunch of packets at, over at them. Um, so 
basically what, what a DDoS attack is, is they send... So, um, when you send information over the web, they're sent in packets, I believe. Um, and if you send way too many of these, or if you send too many to a server that can't handle that, it starts to slow down to, um, to allow people to access it. Um, and if there's way too many people on the network, and the people who are hosting can't provide that connection, like, you know, um, they start to, like, slow down, and eventually if there's way too many people, um, it has to be, you know, you're placed in either a queue until somebody leaves, or you're placed in a, um, uh, it, the site starts to shut down a little bit. So, uh, for Activision Blizzard, they, um, have a pretty decent, you know, th they have at least a million people in the U.S., just as a random number, just a million. Um, but if there's one million too many, which, you know that can still overload their servers. So they send a bunch of packets over that are fake, or they send bots over that send all these packets over and they overload the servers and prevent people from playing the game because there are bots that are in that queue that are forcing actual players to wait out until there's not a lot of congestion. So, um... That's what that's how that works. So the fact that Activision Blizzard doesn't have DDoS protection, you know, because there are DDoS protected servers. There are servers that uh, there are like I believe tools I think that um allow you to um they sort them out, okay? And they um here, where, where is it? Um, you can never truly stop it, but there are preventive measures to um, to uh, fix it, like having a... Um, give me one second. There are protected servers, but they can't be 100% secure. But they they will they will work. So, um, I mean, it is interesting to think that Activision Blizzard would send so many different packets to you know, you know, someone that would send so many packets to Activision Blizzard servers that you know cause the entire freaking you know their servers to crash. I mean, at least that's how it is if I'm understanding this correctly. Yeah, um, it's pretty much that. You know, they send a bunch of packets over and it, um, it overloads the servers and it makes the internet connection, like, choppy and it forces them to either shut down the, like, or block access for people who weren't already in line, I guess. And then you enter basically a, a line or a queue. And it's just a terrible, like, experience overall. 
the the only thing I despise about it is just the fact that it affects the player base and not a certain like uh you know, I'm gonna be honest, I, I don't like Bobby Kotick's face. Like <laughs> from certain lighting and angles, no offense, I just he, he he looks like a pray the gay away type of person. <laughs> no, I, I, he does have that crony aesthetic. I get it. He looks like a, you know. He looks like the type of person to like, um. Be questionable around children. Right, I hear you. And women when the cameras aren't rolling. Right. I totally get that 100%. But anyway, back to the topic of hand, like, you know, this is a blow. Like, don't get me wrong. This is a minor blow or to a company that's already had a fragile relations with the public anyways, considering the losses going on. Mm -hmm. But even this may seem minor in comparison, like, yeah, it's just a DDoS attack. It's a server queue and it got solved within like a couple of days from what I understand. Yeah. But even still, like, that's aggravating. I know someone who probably be using those battle.net servers quite a bit just to try to get into Warzone. I mean, we both know someone that wanted to do that. Yeah. And I'm sure he was aggravated that he couldn't make content that day. Yeah. I mean... Yeah. I I just... I, yeah. No, I, I remember seeing, you know, Tim the Tatman's live stream, and he was like, what the fuck, you know? Mm. So, yeah. No, I know. Yeah. Um, with that being said, you know, I don't think there's much else to say about it. I mean, it's just a sucky situation for those who wanted to play, you know, say the newest Call of Duty game or whatever the case may be. Yeah, I know a lot of other COD YouTubers that were quite annoyed. And it's just the fact that it forces you to have an online connection. You cannot play locally on PC, at least. Ouch. That is rough. That's where somehow Steam handles it. Steam's like, oh, yeah, are offline? No biggie. Just go to offline mode. You're done. Mm-hmm. It feels like a lot of time with the digital distribution platforms, it's like, except for like Steam and GOG, all the other ones seem to want to make sure you're online at all times so they can keep it up, like, make sure they can have a tighter control on how you use the software. Yeah. Certainly sucky. Mm -hmm. Um. But yeah, no. I mean, it's not the end yet. That's the only thing on with the online services. Just a slight, uh, you know. You just gotta tread untamed ter territory, you know. Especially with like, you know. I mean, if you can carve a heart into a through the heart of the mountain, if you can carve through the heart of a mountain, then um, you know, the end is a only 
as permanent as you see it, you know? No, I get it. I 100% get it. It's just like, you know, I just want to play a game on X day, and it's just like, and then all of a sudden all the servers come to come down. Mm-hmm. And you're like, ah, oh, freaking great. I have to wait 10,000 years. Yeah. It, at least that, you know, at least, uh, at least it, you know, it, it's, it, it can't, it's not the end, but it's a, it's the end of a chapter in our life, you know? No, I get it. Yeah, it really is. It's like, you know, the, the end of the world we kind of know, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's literally the end of the world as we know it, not the end of the actual world, you know? That's kind of how life is, you know? Things change even if you don't want them to, you know? No, I get it, yeah. I mean, it's like... Here. At least I know... That I can go back and play my copy of Sonic 3 and Knuckles... Yeah. I thought you told me a long time ago that you never played that as a child and I was heartbroken because I was like man wouldn't that be cool to, to play Sonic and Knuckles but then you can put the cart on top of another man's cart on top of another man's cart on top of another man's cart sorry sorry no it's fine I, I knew I had Sonic 3 growing up and I had experienced Sonic and Knuckles quite a bit through other means I never had it on the Genesis until fairly recently yeah. But, yeah. Um, anyways, let me get this back on my Genesis that I have in front of me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and we'll head on to the other chapter. Of course. That's ending. You know. <laughs> Good one. Oh, uh, yes. Fortnite is ending chapter two. And I. Yep. Yep. And this is a big deal considering that Fortnite chapters are like. They come out to be these monumental events. Yeah. And that's when, like, the Fortnite map changes and everything like that. And uh, Epic will gift um, 225,000 XP to all players who log in before the beginning of the end. And if you play through it, you'll get an exclusive uh, loading screen. Mm. And I think it'll be like chapter one where, you know, it's kind of just like a small waiting period. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, I'm not into Fortnite, so it doesn't truly matter to me. But hey, you know, Fortnite's a big thing. Why not? You know, why not talk about it? It's a it's a phenomenon, you know, and. I'm sure, Hydra, you can agree that, well, you don't really indulge in Fortnite that much. Hey, you know, it's, it's, it is something that you could say, you know, it's a thing. You know, I'm not going to diss it. You know, no, like, I play Fortnite every now and then. Like, don't get me wrong. I have, I technically have it installed on my PS5 and my Xbox and everything like that. I, it's like, I have it installed. 
It's just I haven't had an opportunity to play it much. And I know the game is pretty fun. Like, it actually is a fun game. It's just I had enough time to play it. And then when you see all these changes, it's like, my god. Now there's like this weird interconnecting story about multiple dimensions and all this other stuff. Yeah, it makes Call of Duty Zombies look tame. Sorry. No, it's fine. Like I remember. I know like, some people would get that reference. Yeah, like for those who don't know, like Call of Duty Zombies, like back in like Black, like World at War when it was first introduced, didn't have much of a story. It would just kill the zombies, defend your position, and that's it. All of a sudden, later games, it becomes this, like, this, oh, it's like playing a mini-movie about this plot that just happens to involve zombies. And it still has, you're still mainly defending a base, but now you have all these other objectives added onto it, and it feels like it throws the pacing off of the core game mode. Certainly. I, I feel the same way. Um, It, it started from you know, a little bonus mode that you get when you finish the campaign to, um, you know, delving into, like, uh, fake, like, you know, Nazi and Illuminati sort of stuff. And then it went from that to trying to create an actual story about, you know, a, a girl who got st stuck in the teleporter and she became the announcer that you hear in the older CODs. Um, a few other things, they, they go with the moon, I don't fucking know. Um, and then there are these elder gods that are trying to return to their realm, and, I don't know, stuff like that, but, I mean, with Fortnite, I can only hope to see God in Fortnite. <laughs> yeah, it's like, Fortnite, just think that Fortnite was originally meant to be a save the world, like, left for dead sort of game. That just happened to have tower defense mechanics, and then all of a sudden they added a battle royale mode. But it's like Fortnite took a completely different turn. Rather than making the secondary mode like a main, like another main mode to add onto the game, it became the main mode. Oh yeah, now they completely abandoned Save the World, and then when they made it free to play, that's when they started to like slightly introduce more things to it but it's not as big as battle royale no by a long shot and then you have the imposters mode that got added which is that save the like, among us clone mode that they have mm -hmm. and i don't know how that's doing it seems like it's doing okay if they're keeping it around i know among us had a new update where they um they uh, added more types of players. You can now be an engineer and use the vents like an imposter, and you can be a scientist. I don't know what the scientist does, and you can be like a, a guardian angel, and you can protect people if one of the imposters kills you. You can protect the person near you if you get to him in time. So, I don't know if they're going to integrate that into imposters, but, or into... Uh, Whatever it's called for Fortnite. It's the way imposter mode, you're right. Oh. Well, you know. <laughs> but yeah, I get you. It's just like. 
Yeah, it's like Among Us is like right now the pioneer for that entire genre. And now even then, like there's a version, a free version. I have to claim it for PlayStation Plus. I know that. We talked about it on the PlayStation on one of our recent episodes. The PlayStation showcase that happened. That's, yeah. It was, it was the last episode that Ghost Weather Game was a part of. Yeah. Um, oh, musical chairs. Oh, fun time. Just kidding. Yeah. Um, I wish we could have them back. No, I understand. I do too, but... We all know... Anyway, he, so. Yeah, we know he has a different vision for the show, but enough about that. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to make it about that. Um, so, the... Uh, the... the the funny thing about Fortnite is that they kind of just engulf every popular thing and they kind of like make it their own sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the different, like I remember we were talking about that and like how Among Us isn't like, isn't like the imposter's mode is not that different from Among Us, except it's third person shoulder cam sort of like, you know, Fortnite. Um, but I don't know. Uh, whatever. I, also, I do know Among Us is coming to consoles. So, hey, that's a thing. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. It's been um, for a while, but then it's going to be coming to Xbox and PlayStation. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, hmm. I don't know. It, it just, I, I just hope that they don't take over a whole, like, you know, mega sort of thing that, you know, everyone uses or something, you know? No. Hope not. No, right, I hear you. Because I I know, like, I I don't know, there's a few things, I don't know. I I know the UK hates it when people take over, you know, certain things, like phone, phone architectures. Oh, yes, that. We have to talk about this, because right now, the United Kingdom right now... Uh, yeah, because the UK right now is talk is thinking about investigating NVIDIA for trying to buy up ARM. Mm-hmm. And ARM, for those who don't know, is the... Archi- is the yeah... Arm, arm architecture is very important because it's the same architecture that's used within all cell phones. Which is very important in that regard. Um, yeah. Yeah, Digital Culture Secretary Nadine Dorries ordered a Phase 2 probe into NVIDIA's $40 billion bid for ARM. I say the probe to carry out by the Competition Markets Authority over the next 24 weeks will investigate antitrust concerns and national security issues associated with the deal. The CMA said it had serious concerns about the deal after it completed the initial Phase 1 probe. And they're saying that the chip takeover being scrutinized by regulators around the world and the chip companies said in August that the deal is now unlikely to be completed before the initial deadline of March 2022. And NVIDIA is saying that we plan on addressing the CMA's initial views uh, on the impact of the transaction on completion 
and we will continue to work with the UK government to resolve its concerns. They added, the phase two process will enable us to demonstrate that the transaction will help accelerate ARM and boost competition and innovation, including the in the UK. So, essentially what it's saying is that they feel that, yeah, they're very concerned about NVIDIA, who is already a chip maker, buying up ARM. Think of it this way. NVIDIA knows how to make chips. Let's put it out wet that way. That's at least how I see it. Oh, yes. No, they definitely know their shit, I think. Yeah. At least with GPUs and, like, stuff. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> they know how to do mobile processors as well, because they know how to do the Tegra line, which is currently what's in the Switch right now. Yeah, and they, they've been around longer than AMD, I think, right? I'm not quite sure about that one. But the point is, yeah, the point <laughs> is, is that you have a company that makes chipsets in general, and they're buying up the company that makes the mobile phone standard for all processors. Mm -hmm. Let's look at it this way. There are two ways this can be looked at. One, NVIDIA is actually going to use their funding that they have for acquiring ARM to be able to maintain, you know, ARM as it is, and they're going to just provide funding and leave ARM alone. Yeah. Mostly alone, I would say. The second part and the one I feel is more likely is that with NVIDIA taking control of ARM, this means that they'll have more of a tight grip over how they can utilize ARM. And NVIDIA could probably start charging fees to start using their architecture. So a company like Snapdragon, who makes a lot of Android processors. And I see. And other makers, yeah. they, can, they can start charge, increasing the fees, like royalty fees, to be able to use the architecture for phones. App. They could charge mm. Apple even as well. Yeah, I see. And then every Apple phone will be like powered by NVIDIA, kind of like uh, how, you know, um, powered by Intel on a lot of Intel laptops, right? Yeah, it's still, it's a technically ARM, like app. I know Apple makes their own silicon. Yeah. I yeah, believe it's largely but... based on ARM, but even then, it's like. It's like, there's t even though they're t paying it to ARM, it will advertise power and video or whatever. It's like you're indirectly giving off whatever. This will especially be more impactful for the Android market because Snapdragon. Yeah, definitely. <sighs> and I personally, I don't really care too much about the latest and greatest um, sort of like Android, you know, mm -hmm. or iPhone. I just want one that I can call people and watch YouTube on, really. Um, or text people and stuff, or maybe use Discord on the go. U using stuff from the computer on the go, but uh, as long as it works, you know. And <clears throat> though I think um, a lot of uh, cell phone uh, producing companies you know like uh uh what is it like 
mine is a TCL. It's a really, you know, basic phone, you know, it has all the stuff. I'm just going to assume that they will cost a lot more than usual because mine was, I'd say, maybe $30. So I'd assume that they'd probably jack it up to 50 or even more if NVIDIA tries to do something like this because a lot of... You know, a lot of inten intended effects from buying up a company from from some company swallowing another company leads to a lot of side effects that are less than ideal I've noticed you know so I don't know I'm, I'm hoping that this goes the way we want it to of course it won't because it's more than likely for them like you said to go down that route of um abusing their ability to um have such a uh widely used uh architecture though i think that might even i would actually kind of be interested if uh if they actually, if a lot of, um, uh, if, if a new architecture was created in spite of the ARM acquisition. That's always possible. That, that's probably what, what they mean by it will actually spark innovation because people actually try to, um, get past this, um, this issue by just creating their own architecture something like that but at the cost of losing a standard like arm you know mm -hmm. that's my only issue too yeah either and they're just gonna just pump money into arm or just make and just pump it into research and development and just let it be as it is or it's gonna be they're gonna charge fees on top of that to add more fees or whatever to make it so they have more control and then if they if they want to make then they can have like the perfect nvidia tegra processors mm -hmm. which is always possible which if that actually happens that would indirectly benefit nintendo funny enough yeah because nintendo you know the switch is using arm-based processors so having NVIDIA, who would own ARM to directly work with, essentially means that Nintendo would have direct access to that architecture, which would be pretty big. Yeah, I see. Um, but moving on from that, I think. I don't know if you have uh, anything yeah. else to say. No, nothing. nothing. Just, um, you know, um, speaking of innovations and... Uh, what is usually a phone company, but also kind of like not really. Also, a computer company too. A computer company. Shut it. Uh, sorry. Uh, anyways, uh, what is basically known as another technology company is, uh, you know, using their uh, their designs to get you places. Yes. So we have to talk about the fact that 
Apple is planning to launch a fully autonomous car as soon as 2025, supposedly. Now, we did talk about in the last episode how Apple hired Tesla's, like, chief, some, probably play it was. It was oh, yeah, it's like a cheap automotive. The big cheese. Yeah. The guy that does automation, like, AI and automotive and cars and stuff like that. So it seems cheese. Sorry. Yeah. So it makes sense <laughs> that they would go ahead and start planning on an autonomous car because it makes sense that you're bringing someone in from Tesla to work on your car. Yeah. And we don't know what this car is supposed to look like other than it's going to come out as soon as 2025. Now, despite the fact we can joke about as much as we want about how. We're going to put Skyrim on the Apple car. I'm going to install a Windows virtual machine into the Apple car. <laughs> and then we'll have Skyrim on the go, but not on the Switch, not on your Android, not on your iPhone, on your iCar. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! We got Skyrim on the go! <laughs> wow! Sorry. Anyways, um. Skyrim on the go! <laughs> Sorry. But yeah, um. What are Skyrim you on the go! <laughs> Well, I'm riding my Minecraft pig. Sorry. Um, <laughs> that episode was so uh, funny, though. Think about the Minecraft. <laughs> All time is my, the drivable Minecraft pig, and then we found the Among Us. <laughs> um, but besides that, um, yeah, what are your thoughts on this Apple car? Wait. Tell me. Um. Oh, there we go. Either. Yeah, I almost thought for a second. Like, I saw your mouth moving on your. Thing. I'm like, yeah, oh, we... oh, oh no! Sorry. I was like, oh no, oh no! Please, no, not again. No. Um. <clears throat> I don't have an opinion too much, other than. Yeah, self-driving cars. I, I'm not really that concerned. The only thing I'm concerned about is like, uh, you know, the usual. If a autonomous car were to have a complete failure, would it choose to hurt the driver or the pedestrian? And would it choose if you were a doctor versus a drifter? You know. Right. That's yep. my only thing. Yeah, the only yeah. thing I really have to say is that with Apple products and how they typically work and how they market them, they're going to see these Apple cars and think this is going to be the most innovative car on the planet. Oh, yeah. Like even the, with planned obsolescence. Yeah, it, even yeah, even then. It, that's what Apple does. It, whatever product comes out, the general public, at least in the United States, views it as like the most innovative thing on in the planet. Yeah. Even though Android For does sure. it, even though Android nowadays has been doing things sooner than Apple does. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 
But speaking apples of, and oranges. <laughs> right. And speaking of other things about cars, let's talk about how some Tesla owners have been locked out of their own autonomous vehicles. Oh yeah. Oh wouldn't yeah. Wouldn't that wouldn't that be unfortunate? So what happened was around a few hours before the article was posted on November 20th, the Tesla's app server went down. And this led to a worldwide app outage that left owners unable to connect to their cars. So for so this is important because there's a lot of a good chunk of owners who relied on the key, the phone to unlock their cars instead of you know, using the key card, which means they would be locked out of their vehicle. Okay, so I'm just gonna ask why why do people assume that because there's an app for that that it's the only way you know they they leave their key card or their you know their key in general why would they why would they do that why would you ever do that just leave it you know i mean honestly i i had a i had a friend it, it actually happened a few weeks ago his car would not unlock and we were at freaking like Walmart and Walmart's kind of far away from, you know, where he lives. And this guy, he, um, he was lucky enough that his, you know, his, um, the little, uh, clicker button thing, he was lucky that it had a key, um, stashed inside of it. Like it had a spare key for emergencies. He was lucky because his car would not unlock. It was fucking weird, you know? Um, but the same thing would have happened if he, like, with this, you know, if he just decided that it was the app, you know? Honestly, I always have a backup. You know, this is... The, the Backups are great for everything. Backups are great for storage, you know, an, a spare key underneath the mat, you know... A, a, you know, a, like a, a spare launch pack packed away, you know, um, uh, you know, a, a spare CD, you know, in case the other one gets scratched, you know, uh, a, a spare patch to iron on your shirt if you ever need to prove that you are a diehard J-pop metal gear solid. Sorry, I don't know. Um, Wait, be right back. I have, I have to show you something. I have to get something. Damn it. Why did I do this to myself? Did he take his headset off? Backup gaming watches. Motherfucker. This guy. I just got the Zelda one today, so... Okay. This is the Zelda one that allows me to play NES Zelda. Yep, this is actually a timer version with Zelda 2. Oh. It's a, this one actually can... Oh yeah, I didn't realize there's this each... I forgot about this Easter egg. Take a look at this. It lights up in the back. Oh. Um. This has... This one here is Zelda 1, Zelda 2, and Link's Awakening. 
Yeah. Um. And this is the Mario one. This one allows me to play Super Mario Brothers 1, Lost Levels, and 2. No, no, not 2. That'd be too perfect if it could do 2. Or 3, but no. Um, anyways. So, um. Back to this. Um. Yeah, basically, if, uh, you know, your, uh, NES is dying, and so is your Game Boy, you can have those if you'd like to. But anyways, back to can't stop that. Uh, back to the normal thing. Um, I don't understand why people would like assume that they just need to carry the app. Honestly, but it's because uh, the human condition is that we want to have as few things as possible to carry around. So if it's if we don't need the car, not the car. Oh wow! If we need, if we, we don't need the car. We just use our jetpack. <laughs> No, we just have to use our Elon Musk flamethrowers. Just kidding. Um, yeah, we just need to use the hydro jet, just like across the lake. But I was gonna say that if you don't need, if you technically don't need a key to operate the car, you can just do everything from your phone. You get where this yeah. is going. Oh, I get it. It's it's everyone just thinks, "Hey, back to convenience, let's go." But. Yeah, I mean... They forget mm. the stupidity of... Oh, just have your backup key. Yeah, I mean, eh, it's whatever, I guess. I don't care. I I just... I'd like it if... It, it's not that we're relying too much on technology. You know, I don't want to sound like uh, Mr. Roboto or something. Um, but, uh, you know... Uh, it's just, things can and will fail at the worst time, so, always prepare for that. Yeah, and looking at this thing, look at this, For uh, if you look at the article I provided for it, it says, I'm experiencing 500 server error to connect to my Tesla Model 3 on my iOS app in Seoul, South Korea. Seems like this is a worldwide issue at Elon Musk, and all Elon Musk was saying was checking with three dots at the end. Yeah. What is with people putting space and then exclamation or three dots or question mark? I have no period. idea. What are, like, Elon isn't French, is he? Because I know French do that, but, like... I know he's from South of Africa originally and then moved over to the States. Whoa. That's cool. So that could have been because... I don't know if you know anything about South Africa, but originally it was colonized by the Dutch. And then English came in, so it has like a mix of like African, Dutch, and English culture in one country. No, but uh, I, I didn't know that. I was just, I just thought that, yeah, that's interesting. I don't know. No, I, I don't know. I was wondering why there, why there are like, the fuck cat? Okay. I was wondering why there's like a slightly British like influence to South Africa. Kind yeah. of like Australia, but on a smaller level. Yeah. If whenever I get to BTS two, there's a history segment that I have to I'm gonna you're gonna all see and it's gonna be brilliant. And this Yeah, is it certainly I, is. This is when I school alpaca on some history and he gets to know more about the british empire and south africa at one point part of this british empire yeah 
And I also get to um, find out how uh, Russia bought um, uh, uh, no, no. The, the U.S. bought Africa. I mean, Alaska. <laughs> Anyways, um, you you were getting there. Yeah, the U.S. bought Alaska from the Russians. Correct. And that was just because of some moron, um, committed trespassing, and uh, you know, told Russia to go fuck themselves, and here's a million dollars, and walked back. Not necessarily that. It was more so for Russia. The reason why they sold Alaska to the United States was because they lost a major war with the other European powers. And they needed oh, money. And, and, and that. And, and they that. needed money to pay back the, the debt to the European powers. And they didn't want the, in the UK, who owned Canada at the time, to take it over. So they were like, yo, America, you want this? And America was like, hell yeah. And they bought it. Oh. Well, I was kind of right. Basically, the UK um, walked over instead, not some stupid American. Um, oh. um, and then they were like, we're going to we're going to uh, steal your children, Russia. <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, what happened again? Anyways, um, all I know is that. The only nation I'd want to live in is a city full of, like, cryptozoology. I mean, not cryptozoology, uh, cryptocurrency. Oh, Basically, yeah. I live in the metaverse, bitch. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's great. I love that. The only way to, though, is to live on an ecological city that is energized by a volcano. Right. Krakatawa. So for those who don't know, El Salvador is playing its first Bitcoin city that is backed by Bitcoin bonds. And essentially what's happened is that, that speaking at uh, speaking at an event closing a week long promotion of Bitcoin in El Salvador. Bukele said the city planned in the eastern region of La Union would get geothermal power from a volcano and not levy taxes except for an added value ta tax. Invest here and make all the money you want, Bukele said in English, dressed all in white and wearing a reversed baseball cap in the beach resort of Mizata. This is a fully ecological city that works and is energized by a volcano. <laughs> half of the value-added tax levied would be used to fund the bonds issued to build the city, and the other half would pay for services such as garbage collection. As it, and he said, estimated the public infrastructure costs around 300,000 bitcoins. So I believe you've convert that right now. Yeah, that's like, uh, give me one second, uh, search, uh, that's, that's a, what the fuck, they could pay off the U.S. debt, almost, 16 trillion, 298 billion, 982 million, wait, no, that's not, fuck. 
16 billion. God damn it. I hate zeros. Uh, never mind. So, 16 billion. 298 million. 982,000. US dollars. I mean... Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, so, uh, the where is it? Continue. So, um, Bitcoin is a decentralized currency. Yep. And El Salvador is, um, estimating the public infrastructure costing around 300,000 bitcoins mm-hmm. why is he saying bitcoin what is he fully in on the bitcoin craze because g- give me one second uh el salvador well el salvador, is the, well el salvador is the first country in the world to adopt bitcoin's legal tender yeah i know but the the problem is is that it's like like hold on a damn second so um so is it salvadorian uh colon colon what uh let me let me look this up so uh where is it svc so that is Okay, here's where I or here's where I was uh where I can correct myself. So that is no, it's still wrong. Fuck. Uh one hundred forty two billion five hundred twenty nine thousand no million three hundred twenty two thousand two hundred seventy Salvadorian colon. That's their currency over there, I believe. Um so uh, what I'm asking is that like, how the hell? Wh- why the hell is he using Bitcoin as an example though? Because it's a decentralized currency, and he's putting all his chips in this. Like, I, I hope I hope the craze hasn't you know gotten to this guy's head. You know. Right. I know that. With Bitcoin, the value of it fluctuates greatly. So right, well, right now maybe like sixty thousand for each, roughly sixty thousand dollars for each Bitcoin. That thing could fall to like thirty thousand dollars, or it could rise up to a hundred twenty thousand. Yeah, certainly. And it goes up and down rapidly and wildly right now. There's not really a stable value right now. It's gonna take a little bit of time before it becomes stabilized. Yeah. No. It. it you know. Right now, investing in cryptocurrency is like investing in a stock. You don't quite know how high it's going to be and how low it's going to be, because it's going to be roughs and troughs. Certainly. Peaks and troughs. There you go. So. Yeah. I mean, the idea of building an entire city off of cryptocurrency kind of want it makes El Salvador, because El Salvador is the first country to adopt it. 
it make it seems like he's doing as a publicity stunt show. Yeah, we can find its entire thing using this. We should be fine. I know it's just yeah and quite I... interesting. I just I just think it's interesting how he jumped on it like it was you know I know he had just adopted it and he bought a few like a you know a couple you know but he, he's treating it like it's you know that it's a stable currency you know that could not crash yeah that's all i'm saying yeah however i don't know what we could also talk about how adele is actually made a contribution by making spotify remove the shuffle default so it's a minor article nothing crazy here but pretty oh, yeah. much sure, sure. Pretty much Adele went to Spotify and was like, yo, can you remove this default thing on Spotify so that way people can listen to the album the way it was supposed to be intended? And Spotify was like, uh, I guess. And they did. Yeah. Um, I'm happy. Yeah. I usually listen to albums that have a certain track list that you have to play in order you know a lot of uh um a lot of accounts that a lot of accounts um not accounts what the fuck am i saying uh, a lot of uh artists that i listen to they usually have a an album that's meant to flow into every other song so yeah i like that yeah so pretty much obviously you can still turn it on and off but it's now like what you think would be common sense. It's off by default, but you can enable on and off if you need to. It's nice. But I have a feeling that Toronto, not Toronto, Ontario, is going to be a bit happier than Spotify fans. Why is that? Because Uber Eats users in Ontario can now buy cannabis through the through Uber Eats. So in other words, sign up. <laughs> um. So. So. As, yeah, as of I, November twenty second. Users in Ontario can place an order at retailer Tokyo Smoke. Through the app. And right now, while they're only pick up only for right now, this means that it's a step closer for that to actually be delivered. Yeah. Think of it this way. Like, imagine just going to like a freaking Uber Eats and they're like, yo, I know DoorDash, you can, I know sometimes a DoorDash or like, I know, especially Instacart, you can have alcohol delivered. Yo, what up, man? I want to get really crunk. Can you fucking pass me a buck? I don't know. But yeah, this is interesting to think about, though. Like, the fact that we're already progressing so much with weed. The way you said that makes it actually hilarious. We're progressing with weed. <laughs> like, I, I'm all one for the peace pipe, you know, because it's literally called the peace pipe for a reason, but... 
we're progressing with weed. <laughs> We've we we progressed enough to for nuclear disarmament through <laughs> this magical herb. <laughs> like <laughs> imagine Kim Young Il and fucking uh uh John F. Kennedy um like both decided to nuclear disarm by smoking weed. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, when President Trump and uh, Kim Jong Un, they um, when they met, they all had a big weird party, and uh, they decided to disarm the nukes. Oh, that's great. That that's amazing. You know. Really is, yeah. That would be funny, but yeah, like I'm just thinking of like, man, just like imagine you get, it's like it's just funny to think it's like just imagine the future when you could just get weed delivered to your door. Yeah. Imagine a universe where you and your mortal enemy can hash it out with some hash. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> uh. But unlike... imagine all the people sharing all the world. You who? Sorry. <laughs> That's fine. But here's a question for you. Would I like to get it drone delivered? Yes, that's a good question because I know Walmart is going to start experimenting with drone delivery pretty soon. Yay. Or, or at some I point guess. in the future. Because they're saying that Walmart's investment in drones is taking off, or translation is Walmart drone delivery service. Bring your orders by air. And they're saying that America's largest retailer is now doing deliveries by air. Walmart will transport goods like cough medicine, thermometers, and other health-related projects, products by a drone to Arkansas customers who live within a 1.15-mile radius from a base outside a store in Farmington starting Monday. Or translation of that is November 22nd. Why are you translating it? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, it's just a random phrase I'm saying, but yeah. Um, oh, okay. I was like, wait, for some reason this is in English. What, what Did I accidentally set the, like, translate thing? What the hell? No, no, no. Anyways. Um, but yeah. Um, so right now it's only in Arkansas this drone thing is up. But yeah, Walmart drone delivery option come by a partnership with DroneUp, a startup out of Virginia that provides drone technology and services. According to Walmart, flight engineers will control and guide each delivery to ensure the order arrives safely, so it's all being controlled by some group of people. Oh, yeah. It's not like some all, all automatic. It's being like, just imagine just being, imagine if you wanted to be a drone pilot for freaking Walmart, just sit in your home, just being all nice and cozy and just like, have your RC roads like yeah I'm, I'm a pro yeah I, I honestly would love to do this as a job just like drone pilot though I feel like people would try to intercept the drone because the drone has no defenses um well, that's that, that, that is just put a freaking turret on it <laughs> yeah we're just kidding um but yeah hostile wasp inbound <laughs> Just MQ twenty seven wasp. <laughs> just just fucking. 
<laughs> yeah, you're just fucking. Uh, you're flying. You, you see a drone. You throw a rock at it. All of a sudden, it, it it turns at you. The lights on it turn from green to red, and then. <laughs> And then, um, uh, all I can say at that point is, you done fucked up. Anyways, um, but yeah, no, 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 that, or, I don't know, they could have it guided. I don't know. <laughs> it, it's quite interesting that we're trying to automate this stuff, but I know with innovation comes... Abuse, I guess? I don't know. People love to abuse the simplest of things. You know? Yeah. God, it's like yeah. imagining like those bat like this is like playing a freaking battle royale game where it's like anytime you see like a parachute going down like in Fortnite, you have to rush to get the item that's in the parachute. Yeah. So they have to be careful like how big they're gonna make those freaking parachutes or how they're gonna manage that. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah. Fun time. I mean, hopefully this will expand to the rest of the country because it'd be cool to have my goods from Walmart that I buy. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> I I just I wonder if it's gonna expand overseas too. If that ever does happen, I I know, like, you know, I I know uh, a certain someone wants more control over over uh, you know, Apple, Facebook, and TikTok, and all those other stuff. Ah, uh, yes, definitely. Um, but through through the country itself. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, so Russia wants the tech company set up, to set up local offices by 2022. And... Yeah, my friend. <laughs> Chicken breaking. Let's see. So, Russia said... The router says that the... No, I just go up. The saying the country telecom regulator Roskomnad... Roskomnadzor. Sorry, I pronounced that wrong. Roskomnaz... Roskomnador. Roskomnador. Sorry. <laughs> let, let me... Let me, um... Read aloud. Roskomnadzor. Go with that, yeah. So, Ruth said the company's Telecom regulator bleep, has called on 13 foreign and mostly American companies to launch local official op restaurant preferences by 2022 so they can comply with the law that took effect in July 1st. The list includes familiar tech names like Apple, Google, Meta, Telegram, TikTok, and Twitter. And the law demands local offices for internet companies with over 500,000 daily users. Some of the companies already have offices, though, and it's unclear just what constitutes as an official presence. Those deemed violating the law could be subject to either complete bans or limits on their data, on their ad data gathering, and money transfers. Jeez. <laughs> and there's fear that Russia might use that law to force them over over to them and then take control over those companies and what they broadcast in Russia. Yeah. Which I, I know, as far as I believe, doesn't, like, I'm kind of afraid of, like, what Twitter would be like over there because um, 
One second. Let me see. Is this a thing? Uh, okay. Okay, so... Oh, no, never mind. It's basically... Never mind. Um, never mind. I thought that... Um, I thought that Russia... I think it's actually Poland. I think is still... Um, against LGBT rights. I think. Um, no, never mind. I, I forgot. Wait. There's a company, not a company, there's a uh, country out there, I swear, it's, I don't know. By the way, it doesn't if, matter. If Russia is in that camp, we'll just put it in a hypothetical, if they are in that camp. Like, if they yeah. are in that camp, mm -hmm. I know Russia is tip right now in their pretty conservative phase because, well, Soviet Union doesn't exist right now, which is, which is, Pretty much the exact opposite. Yeah. But in this case, if Russia actually is against that sort of material, then yeah, they could hamper down on like, yo, I want to come out as this, and Russia could clamp down on that and just silence them. Yeah. Or they could be like, that's what I mean, they could just look at something like silence them, or they can punish the user who posted that with a fine. Mm-hmm. All. I, I'm just c kind of afraid because I thought Russia wasn't communist anymore at that point, you know? Russia may not be communist, but they're still authoritarian. Oh, I see. Okay. Uh, it it kind of happened ever since Putin gained power. He gradually made the country a bit more authoritarian. I see. Are you familiar with everything that happened with Crimea, Crimea back like last decade? No, I haven't been in politics for, you know, I have I have not been in politics for a long time, and I, I, I don't know. I, Pretty much summed it up around like 2014 or so. Russia had some military exercises, and they invaded Ukraine and annexed Crimea, which is a little region. At like the tip of the Black Sea, you know that little sea that connects that's like north of Turkey and wherever. I see. So except little a little part like just on the opposite side of the Turkey half of the Black Sea into okay. the Rush into Russia, which was part of Ukraine. Uh, okay. I'll have to explain it more to you another time, of course, but. Of course, yeah, but. Hmm. Um, but besides all that, do we have anything else to say about Russia wanting more control about all this technology or anything before we move on to the next article? Well, no, I just hope there's, I don't know, I hope there's a way to dig the heels in a little bit more, because, uh, although I'm not, you know, afraid of Russia, I, I don't know what Russia truly is, you know? <sighs> Right. I don't. I don't know what it is as a place. Mm -hmm. You know. Um, but nah, nothing really. I uh, now yeah, let's move on to. Yeah. Um, we can move on update. to. 
Yeah, we can move on to AT&T and Verizon offering to limit 5G power over aircraft safety concerns. So last episode, we talked about how AT&T and Verizon were going to delay their C-band 5G rollout because of aircraft of concerns over aircraft being affected by the 5G signals. And turns out they decided to agree with the the, the Federal Aviation Administration. Like, yeah, we'll go with whatever you say. We'll figure out what's going on here and we'll fix everything for right now. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so essentially what this is going to mean is that, hey, we're going to try and reduce the power so that way the aircraft can just get on going. It's nice they were able to fall, you know, make up a compromise for the whole deal. Certainly. Fine by me. I don't really have a 5G-enabled 5G phone, and I'm not going to be near, what is it, LAX? I don't know. All right. I know I'm technically in a 5G zone, and I am actually, look, I'm, hopefully I can get my hand on the Google Pixel 6 Pro. Hmm. At some point, because I want to upgrade to that phone because I want my latest Android updates for tech content. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, not only tech content, but because I generally want want this phone so I can always have the latest updates. So I don't have to deal with waiting forever for them. Yeah. But besides that, yeah, this is kind of nice to see that, you know, they are working with this to, pre- pre- to prevent risk from aircraft because. How many times do we want to see aircraft? Like, imagine if 5G was all over the country and they were still at the regular power level. How many times do you want aircraft crashing? Uh, never. Never at all. Exactly. I don't want aircraft crashing into Nebraska. Nebraska? I don't want them crashing. Or G. Five G, <laughs> dead some middle. Ah, three D ink. <laughs> Self regenerative buildings. <laughs> I guess we'll talk about what? that. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, three D printed living ink could lead to self repairing buildings. The ink could even produce itself. Never mind 3D printing organs. Eventually, the material could have a life of its own. So, oh my god. So, um, basically, they genetically engineered E. coli and other microbes to create nanofibers, like living nanofibers. And it's the same stuff that you could use in a 3D printer. And they're attempting to mass produce it. And you could freaking use it in buildings. And you could have self-regenerating buildings. You could create shields. Like blast shields that regenerate. Halo is a thing nowadays. Thanks to this. We can create Kevlar. That regenerates. Call of Duty is no more a fantasy. You will now regenerate. Just like the Super Soldier or Comrade. 
Anyway, I don't know. Um, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, so I thought this was interesting to look at because this will mean that we can actually have, you know, regenerate buildings or I didn't think about yeah. like, organs. Like, that sounds pretty interesting. Like, the idea, like, you know, you can use this to make, like, organs. Like, that's a very interesting use for this. If it, so, provided that the body can accept it. The only thing I'm afraid of is uh, it becoming some sort of, like, symbiote sort of thing. You know, like, oh uh, you better not put me on no Facebook, no Xbox, no, no Tic Tac. Just call me Venom. Sorry. Like, oh my uh, god. Imagine if you could actually, like, freaking gain Spider-Man powers out of this, and you could be like, yo, I have some of this in my veins. I'm just gonna, like, cut a hole here and super, just, like... Super regenerative ink that you shoot from your wrists. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> like, this is insane. But also, I'm afraid, because I don't know if this would have long-term effects. And, like... You know, murder death somebody. All right. Yeah, like I'm not expecting this to you know be used for organs at that point because again, we have, I don't think it, your body would actually want to accept it very. We are venom. Sorry. Yeah, like, I don't think this is gonna be something that we use in you know organs because considering the fact that it's accessible like three structures like. You yeah. Like, this seems like a material that you wouldn't want in your body anyways, because... No, probably electronics, though. Like, make a uh, self-healing screen. I don't know. Maybe. Or something that would, like, work in, like, nano-electronics, you know? Yeah, it, that, that, this is not the material for that. What we're looking at is the squeezed... The supposed squeezed light. Yeah, like something like that you know like you can squeeze light now like yeah. I, I i how i can squeeze a light bulb but it doesn't shatter in my hand anyways sorry um <laughs> nano machine son anyway uh yeah <laughs> yeah so the way so this works is that what they're doing here is that it's one thing to produce nail scale devices but it's another to study and improve of them but a breakthrough might be make that possible, however. UC Riverside Research had built technology that squeezes tungsten lamp light into a six nanometer spot at the end of a silver nanowire. That let scientists produce color imaging at an unprecedented level rather than having to settle for molecular vibrations. I say that the developers modified an existing super focusing tool to detect signals across the entire visible spectrum. Light travels in a flashlight conical path. When the nanowire's tip passes over an object, the system records that influence on the beam shape and color. And blah, blah, blah. But this is a pretty neat idea. Imagine what we can use this for, like, there's a lot of different applications can be used for, like, for instance, it would... Yeah. I was like, for instance, you can use this to make, like, much more powerful graphics cards because you could fit much more components in a smaller die. Oh, yeah, certainly. It, see, like, the reason why um, CPUs and GPUs, the die itself, isn't giant is actually because there are bad sectors within every, you know, every uh, 
you know, silicon plate. So like a hard drive, basically. And you got to cut out the ones that are, you know, that are good and stable ones that are just barely enough and, you know, clock it a little bit and stuff like that. Um, but having like, like literal nano chips, like, like that would be a game changer because you'd have more space to, you know, you'd have more chips to, to pump out and that would fix the semiconductor shortage because you'd be wasting less silicon. Maybe. I wouldn't say it would necessarily solve it because if you're going to shove a lot more smaller sub uh, objects, it may be it may help solve the need for current the current limits of the same specs. But if the goal is to increase the power in the same space, you're going to need more probably. If that makes sense, I, I, I don't have a big understanding on, on um, on the whole idea of this stuff, but I do think that this would be able to improve the potential of uh, of uh, processors. So. Oh, absolutely! I'm not going to. And how, that. however, yeah, and however it does that, I, I apologize for being. You know, like I, I apologize for, you know, saying that, and you know, not really being <laughs> cohesive. I guess I don't know. It's fine. Don't worry. It's technically like one thirty in our time zone anyway. So, it, yeah, I know. I just I don't want to seem like a airhead or somebody who doesn't know what they're talking about. It's fine. We're this is us. Think of it this way. It, this is us understanding how all the stuff works. Yeah. We're, we yeah. now to the audience out there, we're no experts on anything within the technology realm or gaming realm. We're all just trying to learn and understand and expand our horizon of what we understand and critically analyze and look at things. Yeah. We're essentially, most of the stuff from the outside. Gaming is what we've all known for a very long time, but we also have this fascination with other technology, and thus we like to analyze what we can tell from what we know. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, you know. I, I just, yeah, I'd like, I don't want to say something that's wrong, I guess, you know, even though it's kind of important to be wrong, but... Anyways, um... Well, I don't think we have much else to say on the matter because we can just move on to... Well, I think it's yeah. our, our fun topic of the day. I, it's, it's not really a... I want to get back to the shit post, the, the really stupid shit posts down the road. I actually kind of missed them after we got into that flow in the earlier episodes. Yeah. But this is the closest I'm going to get for a little while. And that's the fact that for some stupid reason, I don't know how the world this worked out. Mattel arrived at the LA Motor Show with a life-size Barbie Extra EV. Um, first off, we're oh. not girls by any chance. Uh, I would let I pick the article. Second, 
Um, I just thought this was really weird. <laughs> I saw this. Did you just assume my gender? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyways. Uh. Yeah. No. He picked that, and uh, I saw it, and I was like, "Oh, great." You know, actually, this uh, no offense, but this actually looks way better than a Fiat 500e. No offense. It's just like you you copy and paste, you know, the Fiat, and It's okay, but what if they made it like a unicorn? <laughs> Imagine making a Charlie the Unicorn version of the same thing. Oh my god. Like, what is this? Why is it stuck on my eyeballs? Okay, this works. <laughs> it's it's not supposed to be like that, but okay. Are we trying to make a freaking ant? We're trying to make do antlers on your thing or something? Yeah. Uh, give me one second. Um, cone. No. Oh. Uh, go ahead. I'm just gonna like uh, yeah. Try uh, to find something. Yeah, like. You may be honest, I'm like, if you removed the wings off the side of the car and, like, yeah. changed the color of the wheels, I could see this actually looking like a pretty nice car and possibly a competitor to something like the Lotus Elise. Not, that you, not that you would know what that car is. Don't worry. I just might. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, that'd be really cool to have like that sport, another sporty small car that can actually compete with like the Mini Cooper and stuff like that. If they actually pulled something like that off. But oh, like, yeah, but like I'm sure this was actually a genuine car that probably looked pretty nice if you, you know you had like any daughters flying around that you know. As for all this, I don't think I have much else to say on this. We don't. Oh, God, you're drinking a monster. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, I actually got Rockstar, it, but uh, it works. Yeah. And what that thing that's flapping on your head looking like male genitalia from over here? Um, it, it's a horn. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, all right. Every time I blink, it twitches. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> Fuck this shit. <laughs> it really did look like. Well, that's yeah. A, that's a one way to end the episode off, I guess. Yeah. So with uh. A horn. <laughs> and, uh... The other horn? Sorry. Uh... E-man? Yep. 
<laughs> and this, I guess, Merry Christmas in November. Woo! Woo! <laughs> uh, so, our comment of the day is that we have none because no one wants to comment on our show. Rip. Um... If you guys have anything you want to say, uh, leave a comment down below. Also, check our Discord, which is in the, it's in the link tree down in the description. Uh, if, uh, if you like what you see, uh, just like, comment, subscribe, or follow. Uh, or join Flipalpaca in the pool. Yeah. <laughs> um, or if you're feeling spicy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Alright. Um, I joined 99. And I'm Flofo Paka. And we'll see you all next time. Bye, everyone. Bye. MLG.